2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This one's for you tonight. Okay, let's get started.
3: Two little baby turtles sleeping in pajamas and caps have just awoken from their dream-filled naps. What a week it has been, and they are ready to talk. So now it
1: begins with the start of the clock.
3: For this is Turtle Time. My name is Riley Hamilton.
1: And my name is Amy Scarlatta. How do you feel about
3: that intro?
1: I feel calmed by it. Me too. But then it kind of made me want to take a nap.
3: So that's a huge problem because obviously we want the exact opposite <laughs> when people listen. Yeah. But don't you sometimes, wouldn't you like to listen to a podcast that kind of soothes you? Like if you're doing the dishes or you're yeah. taking a shower. Some people say they listen to us while they shower. <laughs> or I, I know, I know. I just thought of that. I different. do
1: that too with other podcasts. I I have a little window in my shower and I put my phone in the little window and I blast my friends on the the horn. I
3: do it too, but I do a podcast that I don't 100% need to listen to. That's more okay. of my like-
1: Because yeah, you can't really hear it.
3: Very casual listening. Yeah.
1: I want one of those like shower micro- um, speakers. I have one. Do you like it?
3: Yeah. Well, I need to use it more, Um, but my, <laughs> I got it as a gift from my wife, Megan, yes. and I need to recharge it always, keep uh-huh. on top of it. But it is, it is great to have. Bluetooth? Yeah, it's Bluetooth. Okay. And it's wet resistant. So you, you can't can... dunk it though dunk it's you can't be you can't take it in the bathtub it's first showers but you could get it wet as shit i love that yeah um i have to ask you because i don't think you're happy with the intro i think it's okay because you know how we always say like go to sleep now and like turtle time being like a sleepy cozy vibe don't you think that's okay or do you think yeah
1: i've heard one of the many one of the many compliments i've been showered with since starting this endeavor showered (laughs) showered is that so in real life people can't hear what i'm saying like jimmy is constantly like huh Really? what'd you say wow um but into the microphone i've heard i have a soothing tone oh no yes
3: oh <laughs> oh, for sure you do and i hear that all the time when we're showered with compliments um yeah you do have a soothing voice and but
1: I- yeah in real life i'm a curb your enthusiasm, low talker. Yeah,
3: okay. Yeah. Well, I think, um, no one knows that, you know, like in the, in the turtle time universe, you don't know me, <laughs> yeah, you don't know Amy like that, but I think first of all, your voice is very soothing. And for people who don't, you know, you might not care about this, but we do turn the levels all the way up on Amy's track so that you can hear it, but mine I all the
1: way up and Riley's all the way down. Yes.
3: Cause I talk way too loud. Um, <laughs> but that's why I think it's a good combo right? Yeah. So anyway, I, I can tell that you're very um, reticent to have that be the new intro.
1: <laughs> no, I liked it actually, but I it literally made, immediately made me sleepy. Okay. Well, <laughs> Little Turtle
3: Cuties, we are practicing or, or trying out having different types of an intro that's not just us saying our names in a sing-song voice. I love that intro, but yeah. I think we should add a little more context at the very start just in case i don't know who is ever going to be a new listener if yeah. we'll ever get more people to listen but maybe just having one extra line or whatever so we're working that out 2024 right. is
1: especially since our name is a little amorphous for people yeah out of the know
3: right yeah because when you see our podcast art and you see our name you could imagine a world where we don't talk about uh, bravo right right Yeah. Anyway, well, that's all for us. I mean, that's kind of like, that's just stuff that we're going to think about, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah. When Gypsy Rose starts listening, we have to let her know why we're saying what we're saying.
3: Yeah. She's been
1: in the clink. She doesn't know about any of this. Like, I wonder what the last Bravo thing she saw before she got locked up
3: was. Do we know that she was a Bravo (laughs) fan before?
1: (laughs) I'm just imagining.
3: I wonder if we had to, if you had to recommend a starter show for Gypsy, what would you do? Probably Roni. Yeah, Yeah. I think so, too. You think she might? Where is she from?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Is it like Michigan? Oh, okay. You guys? I was thinking. Don't. His... I could be wrong.
3: Okay. Well, I was thinking if there was a France, like a city. Uh, no, I think Louisiana. In- oh. Okay. Like the Bayou. Oh right, we were talking about the Bayou. Yeah. Right. Remember? You guys,
1: I have like such a rotten brain. All we've done is talk about Gypsy Rose, and I don't even remember where she's from.
3: Well, that's fine. I I, I think um <laughs> Roni's a good starting uh, point for anybody. So yeah. Gypsy Rose especially. And I would love to know her Bravo journey if she's going to yeah. be on one.
1: Get her as a bartender on Watch What Happens oh, yes. as the first stop of her tour.
3: Do you think, um, is it is Gypsy Rose fandom waning or is it starting <laughs> to pop back up again? I think it's waned. Okay.
1: But her PR team can step it up. I think she can get back in. I think she's probably going to... Write a book. She'll probably have some new show. I think that that documentary or whatever on Lifetime was to be continued. I think there's going to be more.
3: No way. There should
1: be a reality show. Come on.
3: I mean, for sure. I, but I think <laughs> I think not reality. I think it should still keep the sheen of like a documentary. Don't, sure. Don't go full docuseries. TLC series. Don't. You go can f- call it that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Give it the elevated name. Don't make it like a TLC type show. Yeah. I think keep it the A and E max. Kind of yeah. sheen, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, I'll be watching Gypsy Rose memoir titles. The Rose. What's a good rose? You'd have to have a rose. Pun. Something with a thorn, right? <laughs>
1: Something about like uh, Mama
3: stopping to smell the roses. But <laughs> well, that doesn't make much sense in terms of what she did or what what she's gone through. Stopping to smell the no. Okay, well, let's mommy. Mommy.
1: well that other sh- thing was mommy dead and dearest oh right 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 i was thinking she should go on have we talked about the jeanette mccurdy book i'm oh, glad I... my mom is dead or whatever yeah, no
3: i started to read that uh um, we it's didn't ever talk good. about it yeah
1: and i was like she has a podcast gypsy rose should be on that podcast and be like i'm glad my mom is dead wow you're right
3: <laughs> do you think wow uh jeanette mccurdy has a podcast yeah is it still active
1: i think so okay. um she was talking about it when she was on mark Uh, but, uh, yeah, I feel like Gypsy Rose, like Jeanette McCurdy, her mom was the next worst mom next to Gypsy Rose's
3: mom. We were saying on uh, Patreon, I think, how stage moms, if that's the term, or parents that lead their children into the uh, entertainment industry, get a really bad rap for the most part. (laughs) Almost... Ninety percent of the stories you hear about the people wanting their children to be mm-hmm. uh, in the entertainment industry are—they're usually bad people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the child entertaining, like entertainment, is a loophole in child labor. Like yeah. they're not allowed to work at the mines anymore, although some people are trying to make that uh, possible again
3: <laughs> for children to work in the
1: mines. Yeah, and um, meat factories. That, oh, remember, wow. like who's
3: advocating for that?
1: Like. In the past year, I think, they discovered that all of these young children, like, in their, like, like between, like, 10 and, like, 14 years old have been working at, like, meat factories.
4: Whoa.
1: Um, And uh, there are some, sorry, I'll I'll get political, Republican lawmakers trying to repeal child labor laws. (gasps) They're like, it's their right.
3: To work. (laughs) Yeah. You, You know, I'll be honest. I'm sort of conflicted about this. I, well, first of all, I love... Uh, children who mine um, for (laughs) ore and coal but also I worked at Publix when I was 14 Publix grocery stores did you love it first of all no I regret (laughs) it and I wish that um, I didn't have to do that when I was 14 years old years old but um, well I guess I'm not conflicted I guess I still well the
1: thing is it's like kids it's like (laughs) it's they're basically working illegally through the night and then they have to go to school in the morning and they're falling asleep at school because they were like butchering like cow meat at like 3 a.m that's horrible that's full uh... upton sinclair
3: oh oh the author of um the meat uh book uh, (laughs) it's just
1: called the meat book
3: (laughs) so is that the jungle so is that when i when i go to a meat store and i go to a butcher shop and the cows are hanging up they're all cut to shit because a little kid is doing it
1: there's like crayon writing on it or, yeah it's like or, help me is
3: that why i found a uh, um home math homework and the <laughs> a steer that i bought the, um <laughs> wait what were we, oh god i was this oh, oh, oh here's what i was gonna say just in defense of children on set i was just thinking this you have to have movies with children in them because I, i'm not saying you absolutely have to it's not like dire but like six cents or whatever it would not work have worked if it wasn't a kid because yeah. otherwise you'd be Putting an adult in a little children's (laughs) outfit and trying to make adults (laughs) 10-15.
4: yeah,
1: and it gets more like
3: uh, old Shakespeare plays where you know no one could like play their actual role. Men played
1: women, yeah. No, I get it. It, I know it's a necessary evil, Um, and I know that there are a lot of protections in place. I just think it's a bad impulse. But some kids are made to shine, and they. They must. I'm not saying we banish yeah. child acting. I'm just saying I'm immediately
3: suspicious. There's been like six good child actors. And I think the world Name is them. better for Haley Joel Osment.
1: <laughs> Jodie Foster.
3: Jodie Foster was good. Dakota Fanning. Yes. Little uh, Cutie, maybe. Yeah, I think she is. <laughs> uh, who, who else is good?
1: Anna who? Paquin. Didn't she win an Oscar when she was like seven or something?
3: Anna Paquin. Oh, yeah. She's a good. I don't know if I've ever seen her work, but I can imagine her being a good child actor.
4: Natalie uh-huh. Portman,
3: it, it, I think she wasn't great in *A uh, Heat* when I saw her as a kid actor. Oh, she's yeah, kinda, I forgot she's in that. She's kind of bad in that. Mm-hmm. She's Al Pacino's stepdaughter. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't. I mean, Haley Joel Osment is probably the epitome of the best child acting I've ever seen in my life. And I would love to know what he thinks he did differently to be so good. He seems
1: like a cool guy.
3: He's cool as hell. He was on Comedy Bang Bang, like one of the main characters on Comedy Bang Bang towards the end of its run. I love that. He was a main character. He's into the comedy world love that for him anyway so well um so the reason we were talking about that gypsy rose <laughs> Haley yeah, how did we get there but, i don't know you were talking about child labor laws <laughs> um oh jeanette mccurdy anyway yes. i'm just saying that oh you we were
1: saying when gypsy rose starts listening we have to have a tagline in place
3: so that she gets to the heart <laughs> of what turtle time is the minute she listens and she knows exactly what we're all about exactly speaking of entertainment industry shit right <laughs> Is that a good segue? Um, <laughs> my resolution for 2024 was to write more mm-hmm. because I feel like even though, you know, we're podcasting our asses off, one thing I've always wanted to do more is write. And so you remember when we were talking about possibly you and I writing a Lifetime movie about Scandival Yeah. You, we, we sort of workshopped it on Patreon. We thought of who, you know, would act in it or whatever. Well, I started I started writing the first couple pages of it. Oh, my god. Would you ever mind, and we'll edit this out if this completely sucks and you hate it, but would you ever mind if I read you just the first couple pages, or is it not the right time?
1: No, you should, but I'm just afraid someone's going to run with your pitch.
3: You know what? Well, first of all, there's plenty more where that came from. Okay. That's what I always say if somebody steals from me. And also, it's sort of copywritten right now. Mm. I mean, we, we have the copyright. Verbal agreement. Verbal agreement. Do not steal this. This is called The Reality of a Scandal. Written by Amy and Riley. Oh, I get so, credit, too? Well, well yes, because I, I'm workshopping this story with by. you. St- story by. <laughs> screen s- screen story teleplay. by. Teleplay. Teleplay by. No, but also, I want, I want you to write this with me. This okay. is just, I just, I got the, I have the start of it. I, okay. I just, I felt like Shakespeare lightning in a bottle, and I okay. had to capture it with, on final draft. Okay. Okay, so picture this as I, I as I say it, and also ask me any questions. Okay. Exterior. Okay, this is the start of the movie. So, sorry. (laughs) This is the start of the movie. So, fade in. I should have wrote this. Fade in. Exterior. Tom and Ariana's house. Night. Okay. Tom and Ariana's farm-style house in Valley Village stands alone in the moonlight. It's quiet on the street, but not peaceful. Suddenly, a car races down the street. (laughs) It screeches to a halt outside of the house. It's an Uber. Music is blasting so you can hear the faint echoes of it outside the car. You 2s in the name of love. When the door opens, we hear Bono's wail. Two people uproariously get out of the car. They're laughing and singing and clearly drunk as two skunks. (laughs) If you didn't know any better, you would think this was the couple who owned the house, but it is not. Tom Sandoval and Rachel Levis stumble drunkenly up the driveway. There is still some distance between them as they walk together. Tom, home sweet home. Rachel laughs. Tom digs for his keys in his pocket, but they're not there. He's a mess and has no idea where they are. He tries to open the door, but he already knows it's locked. Rachel, do you want to call her? Tom Sandoval, no, she's sleeping. She sleeps like a rock. I can get in through the back. Rachel processes this information, but it's late and she's had one too many drinks. He knows the way around his house. They stumble to the back of the house. Tom is singing again. Tom, in the name of love. Exterior. Backyard night. Later. The backyard is well lit and the glorious pool already has steam billowing up from its heat. We hear the faint music of YouTube 2 playing from an iPhone on the edge of the pool. Tom and Rachel are swimming. They are no longer so distant. Tom. I'm sorry to burden you with all of this. I know it's a lot. Rachel. No, it's okay. I know how sad you've been. Tom swims over calmly to the edge of the pool and turns the music off. He then dips below the water. Rachel is alone for a second, not knowing where he is, but not wanting to look below the water. She looks up at the moon. Tom bursts back up and he's in front of her now. He turns his head toward her. Rachel. Tom. He leans in. Interior. Riley's bedroom. Night. Riley is asleep, but he's fretful. He wakes up startled as if from a nightmare. Interior. Amy's bedroom. Night. Amy jolts awake. She grabs for her glass of water beside her bed, but it's empty. Suddenly, we hear Riley's voice echo into the room. Riley, off off screen. Amy, are you there? (laughs) Amy doesn't speak, but concentrates. Interior, Riley's bedroom, night. Riley has his eyes closed in concentration. Amy's voice projects into his room. Amy, off screen. Yes, I can hear you. What was that? Amy and Riley, as podcasters, can communicate telepathically. They call this the shimmer. Riley, off screen. I don't know yet, but it's bad title card the reality of a scandal wow <laughs> i didn't think we would be part of the story right so okay so first of all that was long and i'm sorry but second of all so yeah i couldn't write it without you and i being central uh, figures yeah. within the narrative overall and a supernatural
1: twist <laughs> and,
3: and i wanted to make it known that in this version of uh well, yeah. In this version of this Lifetime movie, you and I communicate telepathically. Did you?
1: Yeah. For some reason, um, my vision, uh, when it cut to us, it did the thing like in Kill Bill where that portion was like anime. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> Seriously, there's a lot we can do
3: with this premise. <laughs> and I just wanted to make sure that, um, you know, I just wanted to make sure that we were central to this story. Yeah. <laughs> and to really make a focus on Is it going to be us? like...
1: Um, like all the president's men.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um you and I not so that was just the start of it. You and I, I wanna write the scene at TomTom Tom where you and I were there that night, but mm-hmm. this time we know something was wrong. We felt the bad vibes and we communicate telepathically we were drawn there. and we try to stop Ariana from learning this information in the bathroom, okay. but we can't do it. The time or whatever the, the flow of time <laughs> is too strong, and you and I with all of our power can't stop it.
1: Right, the butterfly effect. Yeah,
3: the butterfly effect. We just can't change the past without it always happening. (laughs) Okay. All right, so anyway. I mean,
1: she wouldn't want us to stop what happened to her. Her life has been amazing. No,
3: no, And then that's, you just kind of wrote the ending. We learned that sometimes things have to happen, no matter how hard we try. It was good that this happened, ultimately. The truth shown through.
1: Uh, The Lord has a bigger plan,
3: always. Right. But do you think (laughs) it was good to start with Rachel and Tom in the backyard at their hookup time?
1: Yeah, it was kind of like true crime esque,
3: right? That's what I wanted. Yeah, in media res, I wanted it right at you know what I mean, like right yeah. at the in within the story. Yeah, Plus everybody knows that hookup story now,
1: thanks to Rachel going rogue.
3: Yes. Now I have to ask would you would you be comfortable playing yourself in the film?
1: <laughs> oh wow, I my dad is a uh, lifelong drama teacher, so he could help us.
3: Okay, I mean, I yeah, I would love to. Could you imagine that would be Method? so fun to learn? I would want it well method would be easy for us we just have to continue being. Us. anyway well I'm sorry if that was long do you think we should edit it out
1: no we got to keep it in okay. people are dying to hear our story
3: <laughs> okay good <laughs> well I'm glad we didn't have much news today so I thought maybe it would be fun to you know
1: I mean in there. are we now eligible for an Emmy it has to air right what <laughs> if we put it like on you if we shoot it and put it on YouTube can we get an Emmy yeah is course. there a shmemi for that
3: yeah, there's they, it, it, there's a shmimmy. Um, <laughs> or is there just a webby? There's a shmimmy for best online shit. There was a, <laughs> there was this, I, I remember, I, I'm like speaking about my, inter- this is entertainment industry stuff, but I remember there was this person na- who I know named uh, Megan Anram. I don't know her, but I yeah. know of her. And she did a whole campaign for a web series called Megan Anram Deserves an Emmy. Yeah. And she ended up getting one for yeah. web series.
1: But then she got canceled. She did? Yeah. I she think did? people found old tweets. She got canceled. Oh, I'm so, so sorry.
3: Oh my god! What, what are the odds that I would bring up? So I guess the odds are high. But I, guess I had no idea. If you get I'm famous
1: so, on Twitter, you're fucked.
3: I, why doesn't everyone realize? Go back immediately before 2016 and delete everything you've ever said. No, yeah. You know who was an egregious <laughs> example was James Gunn. He his mm-hmm. were like you know I mean like obviously they were in the era where you could say anything, but like of all the tweets to uncover his. Were, did you, do you remember reading them at all?
1: Were they really bad? Yeah, they were
3: like, it was like when, like, it was like, you know, it was like, well, I don't even want to get into it. It was just, they were they were of a sort where it's like, whoa, but but it was all jokes back on Twitter. No one sure. knew what the hell it was. Yeah. It was a completely different world, but they just looked so bad, particularly in right. a new light. It was like, it wasn't even, like, questionable. Right, you know right, what I mean? right. But yeah. Anyway, well, not no, to talk I mean, about- there
1: got to be, I know that there's got to be PR firms that help sweep your, online presence i'm I'm sure most pr people their recommendation would be to delete the account if possible (laughs) i I mean
3: i i really think that's good advice and who knows like what that extends to like if in 2030 we'll all be like whoa delete everything from 2024 you know what i mean like who knows what hindsight will look like should probably up, cease to exist
1: of all the people i brought up i, <laughs> I can't believe that no i remember that example of like okay. the self-paid campaign it was sort, sort of, of like
3: category it was like category fraud but in a way that's like self-aware and it like worked and it worked She got yeah. me. Yeah. so i just think that you and i i mean um i want to you know i want to write this and sell this uh and and make sure that you know we're main characters throughout it do you care i'm down okay cool all right <laughs> that's the reality of a scandal do you like that title yeah, it's fun. Because I didn't want it to be called Scandival. We what don't did own the,
1: that. What was that nightline thing called?
3: Oh, um ooh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I hope it wasn't that. <laughs> wow. What did I just told Oh my god, maybe it was. Okay. The anatomy of The Anatomy of a Scandal. Is that what it was called? Yeah, the anatomy of a scandal.
1: The anatomy of a fall?
3: The anatomy of a fall. A have scandafall.
1: Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it.
3: Scandofall? I think it should be called Amy <laughs> and Riley's Journey Through Scandival. <laughs> no, 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 no. The reality. Can you of write Scandal- a murder in? What
1: write a murder in?
3: Okay. How, how about how about you and I are also like true crime podcasters in this <laughs> version of reality, and we're also investigating a, a murder that's unrelated to the events that we're witnessing about Scandival.
1: We stumble upon a different crime,
3: but somehow it ties in. At the end, I don't know. That's for us to worship. But anyway, I'm I'm glad you're okay with the start of it. And But I want you to be involved if you want to be for the rest of it. We only so have great. to write 90 pages. Okay. And I already that's, wrote two.
1: What do they say? Get up every morning and write no matter what? And
3: Well, so NaNoWriMo in November is one of the best things in the world. It's write 1,600 words a day, which is daunting. That's a lot. That's yeah. like what Stephen King writes a day. Yeah. Like, 1600 words a day and by the end of a month no matter what you write you have a 30,000 word novel which is the length of like catcher in the rye okay and then it's it's just motivating you to just do it yeah and then you can always edit cut rework what you like but it's just to get you to do it which is the hardest shit
1: yeah you know what i mean i can't even imagine
3: it's i i've tried it i've never uh, i've never done it one of my college professors in while we were doing our course said that we would get an A no matter what in his course if we just did NaNoWriMo. And I even couldn't do it then in college. Yeah,
1: that's like a vulnerable act, I think.
3: To what? To like just write no matter what and just be
1: like okay with whatever comes out.
3: It's really- It's like impossible. It's really freeing though because you know what you're writing is mostly garbage. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, well, anyway. Well, (laughs) enough. Wow, we're being kind of-
1: Was your teacher like the professor in the holdovers?
3: Thank you for- (laughs) segwaying that perfectly. i saw on monday yeah, he was exactly <laughs> he like smelled that. like fish he smelled he had a, a body odor that was medically induced he a wonky eye he had one eye that was not pro- there was a well i don't want to say properly askew. but askew askew in a in a you know in an I endearing even, sense yeah i didn't even notice that i was that askew did you
1: uh i knew i had that was spoiled for me so i like was looking was, for it okay um i mean sometimes it was quite comical how like, there were certain moments okay. where it was
3: completely adrift. I didn't think they needed to make him stink. Yeah. What, that you was know? sad. It's like, he can't, like, yeah, it, I, I just, I always hate when you learn that someone <laughs> smells and every, you know, because we don't, we can't smell them. So just We've hearing...
1: exonerated Sando- Sandoval from being, having a stench.
3: Right. Oh, he does not. <laughs> he does not stink at all. Oh, okay. So what did you think about Holdovers? Because I think we had some little turtle cuties fired up from yeah. one of our conversations. I
1: really liked it. It was very sweet. I wish I saw it over Christmas.
3: Oh, it, it, yeah, we watched it uh, in the between. No, just after New Year's, or maybe in the between time. I forget. No, maybe in between, before New Year's. It was the perfect time to watch holdovers. You
1: were in the holdover era, like yeah, between Christmas and New Year.
3: Yeah, and I thought it was fun. What did you think? of Like, okay, well, just to recommend it, um, it just has a nice sort of heartwarming, heartwarming plot. Yeah. And it takes place in a in a yeah, Christmasy time in the seventies, yeah. right? Where a sort of cantankerous Paul <laughs> Giamatti, yeah. curmudgeonly yes. professor, has to uh, take care of the boys. It's all boys. It's mm-hmm. at a boys' school who don't go home for Christmas, and it's sort of a sad duty because you're with the kids that like can't be with their family, yeah, or whatever. It sucks. Yeah.
1: Um, I we watched. Um, cuz that movie's on Peacock. I saw it in theaters, but it is on Peacock, and they also have Sideways on Peacock. So I rewatched Sideways like a few days before. <sighs> God damn, I love Sideways. Me
3: too. I love it too. And uh, uh, you could almost say Miles in Sideways in if in 20 years yeah. he becomes this guy. Like yeah. almost if Miles like had just like a companion. Yeah, if he almost had like two different things in his life, he would fully turn into the character in Holdovers. Yeah. What did you think about uh, Dominic Sessa as that boy. He was great. Okay, he has a good look. I was He's very, unique. Uh, yeah, I was very conflicted on his performance overall. I couldn't stop thinking that he looked too old to be a boy. <laughs> no offense to him, but then I looked at his age, and he actually is like twenty or something. So he actually because they're in high school, right? Yeah, he actually is because he they say that he was held back yeah. for one year or whatever. So he actually is exactly the age that he should be. Yeah. So then I didn't like. I didn't try to take that against the movie, you know, whatever. I think he was, um, I think it was great. I was wondering the whole time, like what specifically Alexander Payne was like, I love Mm -hmm. this guy. Like this, this is his breakup. He'd never done anything before this. Yeah. So he was good for that.
1: He had a good look for the era, Yeah. you know, like I feel like all the faces in the movie were good for the time. Um,
3: There's a lot of fun, like bar scenes. There's a lot of good Christmas parties. Yeah. Um, Um,
1: but yeah, it's ultimately sad. Yeah. Uh, Which also when I watched Sideways, it was sadder than I remembered. Yeah,
3: it's really sad. I mean. Well, I give, I give, I can spoil Sideways. I give Sideways (laughs) a happy ending where, oh yeah, sorry, we just had a a huge motorcycle. Rachel
1: Levis just like zoomed by on a motorcycle. Ripped
3: by. um, (laughs) uh, I give Sideways a happy ending. Once she Mm -hmm. gets the letter from him. Uh, or, or she writes him, right, yeah, saying that she finally read his like thousand-page novel. Speaking of novels, true. Um, and I, I, I believe that they, you know, he, yeah. he drove to her. They instantly.
1: both, uh, not to. It's not a spoiler, but skip. 20 seconds if you want to see the Holdover still, but they have the same ending. It's Paul Giamatti like going into his future unknown. Yeah, but
4: you <laughs>
3: learn that like he finally took a stand and mm-hmm. where he had gotten in his life was a life without taking stands. Yeah. And then he finally decided to do something morally like nobody could like just, just, I don't know. Yeah, he finally made one final stand yeah. and no matter what happened, he embraced it, yeah. which is a cool he moral lesson. He learned
4: that
1: the, they're What he was doing there was not serving him anymore. Yeah,
3: yeah, and And that it was
1: worth giving up.
3: And you learn more and more, just like Miles, how many like missed opportunities there there were in his life, like things that like people fucked him over. Yeah, it's a great. I mean, it's a very good movie. Yeah,
1: it's just solid and like, um, like a pop, like a populist, like crowd pleaser. Yeah, it's like it's not. It's just very straightforward. Yeah, right. It's like
3: you, it's not. It's not like it's. Yeah, it's not so like it's not like it's not even going for like it's a masterpiece. It just feels like a movie that you don't really see that often now. Like it really feels like it came from a different time, and that yeah. was refreshing. to Yeah, me. just like a.
1: Jimmy was saying, it was like heartwarming Rushmore.
3: Yeah, yeah, a little bit like <laughs> that too. Where did you see it? What theater?
1: The Burbank Eight. AMC with the recliners. Oh, that's so So I got so nice. real cozy. I got a, a Impossible Nuggets and Pretzel Bites.
3: Oh, that probably hit and hard. And a Diet Coke. Well, that's, oh my God. <laughs> um, also, the soundtrack fucking rips.
1: It was good. I was like, don't hit me with Cat Stevens. Yeah,
3: Cat Stevens, Lady Sifri. <laughs> I don't know if that's how you say his name, but that Crying, Laughing, Loving song is so beautiful. That yeah, it was good. So yeah, I'm, pr- I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm proud that it's being recognized even amidst for- formidable um, competition. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of great movies and like poor things is obviously like more people would be like that's a masterpiece, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, it's divisive or whatever. Yeah. But but Holdovers is like, oh, that was just really good. Yeah. I'm happy for Giamatti to sweep. Me too. I, you, I think he will. Yeah. I think it might be that thing where there's so many loggerheads of two popular people that are just going to like cancel each other out and yeah. it's going to be Paul Giamatti for the yeah.
1: win. I feel like he's won everything so far. So it seems pretty, it he's on the track. The, gold,
3: the golden globes, I think for the most part got some, some stuff, right like Emma Stone I think should be rewarded for poor things yeah I mean, that was a performance where I couldn't imagine anyone doing it and the things she had to do in that movie I
1: know were- I'm conflicted because I think she totally deserves it and earned it and it was such a unique and like impossible performance but I'm like she does already have an Oscar for a movie I don't like which one um, La La Land oh I don't like that um, movie either no I hate it uh and so in one sense I'm like give it to Lily Gladstone as like an offering of like the beginning of her career um because emma stone already won fairly recently um but i don't agree I think that. emma stone will win
3: okay i don't agree with that philosophy yeah i don't think i don't like honorary oscars like helen Mirren for the wife where it's like we gotta give her one let's glenn let's close. just oh i'm sorry I'm
1: she sorry. did not win
3: glenn close i know i know i know but like <laughs> people saying you give it to them because it's just they've earned it throughout their career not for this specific movie sure. it's more of a lifetime achievement just have yeah. a separate category for that
1: i know and they do they have that a uh, governor yeah. award or whatever but i'm, I'm just... sorry i
3: confused helen mirren with glenn close
1: <laughs> yeah it's uh, remember glenn close fully wore a gold gown to the oscars because she was like i'm ready and then um what's her name One for the favorite
3: did she say that i'm ready right before <laughs> when she was on the screen right before she's gonna get it
1: yeah she looked into the camera and was like i'm ready
3: and then um, who got it instead do you know?
1: um olivia coleman
3: oh okay yeah, okay. which was deserved. Oh, yeah. Um, For the favorite? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Uh, I do like The Wife, though, but it's not like um, the movie of the century.
3: No. Yeah, I thought it was okay.
1: It's like, but I think about the plot, like the, like, I feel like that, uh, what was, what was, there was something recent where it was, oh, did you haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall? Not yet. It has a little bit of, of The Wife um, oh. storyline okay. about, because they're both writers okay, in cool. it. All right. Um, but, yeah um barbie snubbed like barbie herself
3: barbie herself (laughs) Um, do you you, margot robbie do
1: you consider those snubs i mean you would have expected i think greta should have been Gerwig should have been nominated like
3: do you think that best pictures should always be synonymous with best directors because it's like how the hell did that movie get made if not for um, the skills of the director
1: I mean, I think if your movie gets nominated like across the board, it, like the director like yeah. pulled that shit together. Yeah. And I think a lot of what Barbie was good for was like, it's like technical, like the like costumes, the production design. And like, I feel like that was her vision right, um, over the screenplay. Oh, it, it, like that's what you. she was nominated for. Yeah. So it's like Margot was also nominated technically because she produced the movie. So best picture is a Margot nomination, and best screen adapted screenplay is a Greta Gerwig nomination. So technically, they still got yeah. nominated, yeah. which is probably kind of why that happened, and or people just assumed that they were obvious choices, so they went a different road. Yeah. But people are trying to like make it about um, misogyny. And I'm like, well, in Margot's case, other women were nominated instead of her.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I don't want to say too much about it because I'm obviously not the biggest Barbie defender. But I just think that Barbie fans should be happy that Barbie (laughs) was nominated for anything at the Oscars.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's like the way that um, sometimes they nominate like Marvel movies just to please the crowd. I'm like, well, the bar Barbie is the, that version this year. And I feel like the, um, Ryan Gosling nomination is their fun comedy nomination, which that they do sometimes.
3: Yeah. I just, I also just like, I'm a nihilist about the Oscars and I just think that everything about them is shit and they have horrible taste and it doesn't mean anything. And the best picture winners for the last 20 years have been horrible besides like rare times where they're right, like with Parasite maybe or whatever. And I just think it, they, it just doesn't matter. And I also think for people that are upset about this, like just get used to it. The Oscars <laughs> for the next 40 years are going to make some of the worst decisions you've ever seen in your life every single time in every single category for the rest of time. And yeah. It's been happening. They're lost
1: in the sauce.
3: A hundred years. Um, so that's my, those are my thoughts on it.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. if There was nothing... I don't know. I wasn't that, like, thrilled or upset by any of it.
3: Me neither. I I feel like they're, um, there's a, they rewarded enough. Yeah. And in the, in, in the end, every, all of those movies end up getting a little something. Like, they, they try to, like, sprinkle the Oscars around for every single movie that gets nominated. Yeah. For the most part. Like, you know what I mean? And then, and then, like, the Irishman, like, was nominated for, like, six, oscars or whatever it got nothing and then that's a snub i guess yeah. you know yeah that's what i could if barbie wins nothing well i would leo I would, snubbed yeah leo got snubbed
1: do you think that was a snub um
3: well, who was he making way for i don't even know the best actor uh you know, I is this. it
1: so it's paul giamatti okay
3: paul giamatti is um. better well
1: is paul giamatti better <laughs> than
3: leo and well that's the Power thing Mood? It doesn't... It's not like yes, right. a logical experiment. That's what I'm saying. It's like hard... It's, it doesn't even matter because all of these decisions are arbitrary. They don't mean anything. Yeah. All of acting is good. All the people nominated <laughs> are probably good yeah. for the most part.
1: It's Paul Giamatti, Bradley Cooper, Coleman Domingo, Killian Murphy, and Jeffrey Wright.
3: Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. Yeah. Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer. Yeah. What was it? The... Uh,
1: Coleman Domingo for Rustin, which okay, I, I haven't seen. I didn't see Rustin yet. Uh, he's also in The Color Purple, but... Okay. Um, And then... Maestro Bradley Cooper.
3: I think Bradley Cooper over Leo. Even though I have not seen Maestro, you've seen Maestro. Do you think that is that uh, egregious? Uh,
1: well, I was actually surprised. I didn't know how the Academy was going to handle Maestro. I feel like it could have gone both ways. He wasn't nominated for director, which I feel like was probably a dagger to his heart. Yeah, because I think they also didn't nominate him for Starsborn.
3: Again, though, Bradley. I know. I, <laughs> I mean, I saw you listen to Turtle Time you you're nominated enough you're celebrated (laughs) enough you've had a great career so far and i'm sorry it took six years which i don't (laughs) think that's that like wild that he spent six (laughs) years on it but just you'll make another movie you'll make five movies you'll be celebrated half the time think about how martin scorsese never got an oscar until departed and just be in fine company with that is that true i think so i just say a fact that (laughs) might be completely wrong i'm almost positive I'm almost positive. Maybe, I might be wrong, but I'm just saying there are many people who have not gotten this shitty Oscar, <laughs> and um, just I don't know. You're in good dumb-ass company. Dumbass statue, this dumbass garbage <laughs> that people put as doorstops. He in their wants
1: house. it so fucking bad, though.
3: I don't even know if any actors actually care, besides Bradley Cooper. <laughs> like they're like, yeah. you know what I mean. Some actors, if you're cool, I think you just don't even give a shit, except for the fact that maybe your movie makes money and you're happy that like a movie gets attention, like yeah. Zone of Interest. Like, you might like an Oscar for that. Yeah. But otherwise, I think if you're cool, you don't give a shit about yeah. this gold statue. I, I want one. I, I, obviously, as I say this, <laughs> I do want to be nominated for an Oscar in whatever. Oh. Here
1: we go. <gasps> wait, Maybe it'll get adapted. I'm oh, wait,
3: We'll I, adapt it I, from TV. I'm thinking, I'm thinking EGOT. Because... <laughs> Honestly, if we put music in our movie, because you and I are obviously good at writing music. We've already shown our hand at that. Emmys is easy. (laughs) Emmys, you just get... Shmemmy. (laughs) Emmys is like... They give Emmys to seriously anyone. (laughs) Emmys is the easiest category to get. You get that from runoff from doing other shit. Grammys also, no offense. Yeah. Grammys you get from, like, if you wrote a... We'll
1: do an audio book.
3: Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, an audio book of the... the And
1: we'll narrate it. And we'll... uh, get the grammy
3: for that the key to getting an egot early in your life um and i'm saying we're (laughs) early in our lives is just do one product that you can repackage four times to get every single one like every single one what's a a, the tony
1: yeah
3: Uh, we can probably get a tony that's gonna be hard yeah musical (laughs) alive maybe
1: we could just produce a musical like that's just random
3: how about let's do ego and then if the tea, <laughs> uh, you got that covered.
1: <laughs>
3: tea, tea, is like I'm sure you know how Candy Burris wants it. You got, yeah. If we got one before Candy. She'd be so sad.
1: I feel like the hardest one for Candy's going to be that Oscar. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> she was she in um the Passage. What's is that that movie that's called the, the 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 you know the movie that Todd uh, Tucker created? Was it called the Passage? Oh, I'm saying was she she was in that right. Was she? Oh, I'm not sure.
1: yeah. Yeah, because she was complaining about the hours yeah. or something. Yeah, I think. Or was she?
3: Oof. Oh wow! Is
1: that even what it was called? <laughs> the Wasn't it called like the the, the, pass. the pass? Like the pass? Sorry. Like a like sorry. Uh, what's that called? Hall pass? Yeah. yeah sorry, the pass. Oh yeah, so... we never watched that.
3: I know. I, I want to do a Patreon exclusive where we where we do commentary on it. <laughs> yeah. Someday. So many things we want to do. I know. Um, we'll... All right. Well, maybe <laughs> we'll do a. Uh,
1: We'll we'll talk more about the Oscar nominees once you see Maestro. I'd love to talk about that. I have thoughts.
3: Okay, I I, I wanna I really do want to watch Maestro. It's the yeah. one huge movie I haven't seen. So I want to watch Maestro. I yeah. want to see how big of a swing and a miss it is. <laughs> or maybe I like it and I think everybody's Out of the wrong. Park.
1: I mean, I know lots of people that freaking love it.
3: I started watching it and the first 20 minutes tonally I was like, I'm not I'm not loving this. So and, and usually you can tell if you like a movie in yeah. the first twenty. I'll but... just say um
1: his uh persona, uh his voice. Yeah. That I thought my concern going in was the makeup, which turned out to be fine and better than I thought, although I think unnecessary. Right. Um and distracting. Uh but his voice, he's like, Hey, it's uh, me, uh Leonard Burns. See, like it just like it was giving like SNL kind of
3: really that's probably shoot me
1: dead if you disagree I love I wish that I could have gotten on board but the whole time I was one foot out like this so, is too
3: much so suspension of disbelief a little bit you yeah. sort of got caught up in like I cannot separate Bradley Cooper from being in this prosthetics and doing yeah. this voice
1: it was just too much I was like do less you know what I mean
3: he doesn't want to do less <laughs> he's an overachiever yeah. And our culture doesn't celebrate overachievers anymore. Yeah. We don't like when we see people working hard. It's cringe. <laughs> it's cringe. Oh, anyway, all this to say, I think for 2024, I do want to finish the Lifetime movie. And I hope that we can be on the path towards an EGOT. Is that okay with you?
1: Yeah, I think we can do it.
3: by next year's Oscars? <laughs>
1: We have to make the movie and release it before December of this year.
3: Okay, production wise, <laughs> if we write this, we can uh, do in it in twenty days. Twenty days, we write it. So, like a writer's <laughs> summit, you and I will do turtle times from like um, Arrowhead. M- Arrowhead. I was thinking, where did Citizen Kane get written? Oh yeah, like you saw, um, you it was saw in Mank, the desert. Right? You saw Mank, right? Yeah, it, I saw it, Mank. it's it's a town. I forget what it's called, but uh, anyway, we should go where Mank went. Writer's summit. Twenty get days. Fucked up. Get fucked up like Mank, <laughs> drunk as hell.
1: Didn't he drink like little tipples of vodka?
3: He was so cool. You've seen Mank, right? I've seen Mank. Mank is. I'm so... going to
1: Hearst Castle in a couple. Really? M- a month? Really? Yeah. I want to go so bad. Speaking I'll think of... of Mank, the whole time. Speaking
3: of Mank, you know, Mank <laughs> was walking around that thing like crazy. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. I love Mank. I want to do writer summit twenty days. Okay. So let's just do this really quickly. February. The the we're done writing. Go into production pretty fast with whatever funding we can um, garner, you know. Our, Patreon,
1: um, our budget will be our Patreon earnings for the month.
3: Yeah, so what is that? If I'm <laughs> taking that... Okay, right. So we got a couple... Um, I don't want to say how much we make on Patreon, but we got a couple hundred bucks coming in. Um, how much do movies cost? Can't be more than a million. Oh Wow, like, we're going to do a million? Well, let's do a scrappy, scrappy million. Oh, you know what? It can take place in one room. Um... <laughs> Oh, no locations. One house. Yeah, one house. Okay, no, two houses. It's a bottle. <laughs> our uh, yeah, bottle. It's like it's the a movie bottle Room. film. Well, no, 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 you know what? I mean, uh, Tarantino knew that to get his first movie financed, it had to be low budget as hell. So he made what's the his first Reservoir Dogs yeah. all and take cast place a star. in one warehouse and cast a star.
1: Can we get Harvey Keitel for our movie?
3: The easiest part of this process is going to be casting a star for me. I flatter the shit out of celebrities. I'm thinking like uh Shea Wiggum, Michael Shannon in that realm, high <laughs> caliber, wonderful but I don't know who they would play.
1: It's like uh, uh, a Schwartz detective. and Sandoval. Michael Shannon is Schwartz. He's like terrifying. <laughs>
3: and Okay, well we'll think about the casting, but I have the e- for me it's a it's easiest to get the celebrities on board. Okay. What's harder is us just getting up to that writer summit taking tipples of whiskey Mm -hmm. writing this thing getting it into production in march six months to sorry you said how how long is this shoot 20 days 21 days
1: i think we can turn it around like the pass yeah
3: so speaking of they shot that all in just one house yeah so all we need is the tom and ariana dupe house for inside yeah. for interiors and exteriors that's where all the drama happens with tom and ariana and rachel then we have our house and then we have tom tom and sir and we do that footage maybe we do that sort of um run and gun what about green screen some green screen stuff might be good in there i don't know what we yeah anyway this is this is a i think this yeah, is and we then can six do months. it like
1: um like ben matt and ben how they reverse engineered um goodwill hunting they they used that quentin tarantino model and that's why they cast um robin williams were they
3: specifically using that model yeah whoa
1: (laughs) they like wrote the movie by the laws of what like they were smart about it and it's kind of cynical but it worked
3: okay so here is um so we have that meaty role (laughs) for a huge star and that is someone who you and i are reporting to about what is going on and they could do all their scenes in one day because we keep reporting to the same office to tell them how things are going yeah and then they get they could we could shoot them out in one or two days yeah right george clooney george clooney good night and good luck style yeah what would we (laughs) uh, okay We'll, we'll talk about this off mic george clooney i don't know i want i want the i want a different aesthetic i think i do love him
1: what about like steven dorf is he famous enough
3: no no it's giving (laughs) i like that edge though i like no that's what i'm saying shay wiggum could you imagine who is that shay wiggum from boardwalk empire nucky's brother eli okay you you know i mean shay wiggum he's so (laughs) he's so good and everything and he's what's his name shay (laughs) wiggum He's so good. Um, I, I actually, you know, I'll create like even like maybe is John Bernthal big enough?
1: I mean, maybe he has that podcast. <laughs> Who John Shia Bernthal LaBeouf. couldn't play Tom, right?
3: <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. He's, I think, he's soft canceled, right? Yeah, John I've Bernthal. Heard he's
1: like a priest now.
3: Good. Well, good. <laughs> That's the only way to get back into our lives, right? I guess. Um, well, let's we'll, we'll
1: think about this. Submit your comments. Who we, we should be, play who? Uh,
3: yeah, I, but I, I don't really You don't wanna, want to crowdsource. I don't want to crowdsource. Oh, I mean, <laughs> if you have a great idea, go for it. But really, we just need that Robin Williams role that's like, there's a celebrity in this, Robert De Niro. Yeah. Um, but even though even Robert De Niro, like that, if he's on the cover and it says the reality of a scandal and it's De Niro <laughs> it, and us, that's giving VOD. Don't you think? It's giving Rand. It's giving. <laughs> I do not want this to end up like midnight in do you the switchgrass. Get- no, no don't, don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it. No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. We cannot be the last movie he that he does. He's he's retired officially. Yeah. Don't even say it. Yeah,
1: um, maybe yeah. Al Pacino. <laughs> Pacino? Any of the, or like any of the expendables but
3: you know the only thing about Pacino is that he does not work for scale anymore he okay. takes a million dollars for one day that's why Randall that's why yeah. that's what that was Randall's method yeah you pay Al Pacino one million for two days and then he's out and he just has to talk in a green screen environment to himself and that's yeah. how those movies got made
1: Michael Caine as Ken Todd
3: Michael Caine retired but I, I, I love I think
1: we could call him
3: Michael Kane. Um, let me see. I think I know who his agent is. Okay. So, um, anyway, <laughs> there's a lot to think about. But anyway, let's just think about what we need to do production wise to get this out for Oscar eyes only by February or whatever, or whenever they make the nominations.
1: Okay. Sounds good.
3: Cool. Good plan. And are we done with news? (laughs) I didn't think we would talk for 47 minutes, but are we good? There wasn't
1: any major news. No, we're going
3: to save our Monica Garcia thoughts for when we talk about Salt Lake City right after our certified turtle piss break, because that's just the time to talk about it.
1: Yeah. The only thing I just saw was that um, Stassi told Jeff Lewis again that she did not want to be on the Valley. Yeah. And she basically implied that, um, first of all, she's not friends with any of them anymore, really. Mm -hmm. And that um, their lifestyles are bad.
3: Yeah, she said I saw the I saw the clip and it was like um I am not friends with any of them anymore, so it wouldn't make any sense for me to be on mm-hmm. a show. Then Jeff Lewis actually had a good point. He was like, Well, you would become closer through the process or whatever and she was like, uh, what what is she? She said, say? I don't want to. I don't want to. And it's really reminiscent of season three. Yeah. Saucy has now figured out how to she's not like she was in season three of Interpump Rules, where she didn't have anything else to lean on. She's created her own little saucy not little, sorry, yeah. Saucy empire on her own yeah. of her podcast and everything she does now she's self-sufficient she has her own embedded uh fan base yeah. so she doesn't need this anymore and i think it's i think it's good of her to not go on to that spinoff because yeah. imagine stassi and beau in that teaser that we watched you <laughs> We would, we would be thinking differently about Saucy and Bo, I think.
1: Yeah. It would reek of desperation. Um, she was saying, uh, she was like, my lifestyle isn't like that anymore. Um, and he was like, well, the show could probably be different because it's like the show is about something different than Vanderpump or whatever. And she goes, I know what those people do night after night. Like yeah. she was like, I know what they get up to. And I was like, what does she mean? Does I, she I, mean
3: partying? I thought she meant like Jax's at Jax's studio city a bunch. And, like, yeah. Kristen – I see what Kristen's doing every single day. She posts stories every day. Not, day. I'm not a stalker of her. <laughs> but, like, I see what they're all doing. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, I don't know. It's not that different. I think that Sassy is just trying to imply that she spends way more time with her children right. at home than Jax and Kristen. I mean, I do
1: have to tap out of their uh, Instagram stories. I'm like, no offense. I no, don't I... care what Hartford's up to for a single second.
3: Oh, really?
1: <laughs> She's always wearing a little princess dress. And I'm like, I just think she's transitioned to, like, mommy blogger territory, which is not appeasing uh, to
3: me. Okay. I understand. I totally understand. And I don't fault you for not watching those stories. <laughs> I still have not seen one person make the case for why Jax and Kristen needed to be on a separate show. Right. And, and not just put that content into Vanderpump Rules. There's no... There's no rationale for why this is a separate show. Do you think they're going to
1: fully be on like Watch What Happens and stuff?
3: I think so. To promote, well, it, it's Bravo sanctioned, right? It's yeah. Bravo. Then yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: they showed it before the premiere, right? Right.
3: Yeah. So I think Andy will have to honor Jackson Kristen.
1: I'm curious to see how that will go.
3: Me but, too. All okay. right. Well, let's. You want to do a little? Piss. Yeah. Do you want? <laughs> do you want to piss and then piss and then Salt Lake? Yeah. That was a. That was. <laughs> uh, i mean just to talk about it up front that was a better news segment than i thought i hope that it my a hollywood reading... minute yeah i yeah i hope that our little turtle cuties like non um you know bravo yeah. stuff because that was sort of it that... was giving hooray for hollywood oh you mean like that song that's <laughs> is that is, does that song celebrate hollywood yeah what's Tencil it from? town what's that what's that <laughs> it's from
1: it's probably i it's i don't know what it's from but it's probably from like a 1930s musical or something. I don't
3: know. Okay. Well, let's take a piss break and then we're going to talk about Salt Lake City, Southern Charm, and possibly Beverly Hills, right?
0: (laughs) We'll see. Okay. (laughs) Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
4: That plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
3: We're back.
1: Pissed and fresh.
3: Wow. Do you feel good? Yeah. I felt really, um, <laughs> yeah, I feel so much better. Good. Did you, could you you tell that I was getting sort of filled up? Pants in your pants? Yeah. Um, I feel so much better. And I'm ready, I think, without any piss in my body to talk about Salt Lake City. The The end. The end. Is there going to be a Secrets Revealed? I don't know about Secrets Revealed anymore. There was for Scandaval. And that, if anything, is the most like high-profile show in the world had a Secrets Revealed. That did, so... It's possible.
1: Yeah. I mean, they did reveal in this reunion that they had some footage they hadn't shown us before.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think, what was the stuff that we hadn't seen?
1: Well, they revealed that there was additional security footage from um, oh. Heather's bedroom. Oh,
3: oh yeah. That was huge.
1: Yeah. Which I was like, I'm, it's shocking that they didn't. They had shown like certain aspects, but not that.
3: No. Um, those two scenes revolving around the black eye yeah. with the context now of Heather explaining what happened, yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, that's the only logical explanation for how that's happening. That was yeah. great. You're right. That yeah. was a little bit of a yeah. secret that they yeah. showed us. Um, so overall, how did you feel just generally about the conclusion of Salt Lake City?
1: It was good. It was long.
3: Long this part? Or yeah, just this, this
1: part. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. Well, on uh, my TV... I think I ended up watching, um, I watched the uncensored version, but when it recorded on my DVR, it included Watch What Happens Live, so it was an hour 45 minutes. Okay. Yeah. And I and, was like, what?
3: <laughs> and this was this was 54 uncensored, okay. so this was a long one. Yeah. Um, and I don't even specifically know what was new about this, because I only watched the, the uncensored mm-hmm. multiple times, so I, I won't remember what's not, the, you know. Right. So we're going off the uncensored. Yeah. We love I feel hearing- like you
1: can kind of tell... Sometimes, like, it just feels a little more loose, you Oh, know? I, I
3: know what there was more of. There was way more burn book in the Uncensored okay. than yeah. the original broadcast. Yeah. There was about five more minutes of them oh, dissecting that shitty burn book. In yeah, the, that uh, felt and bonus. And it didn't add to, like, Monica actually had good things in there. It only <laughs> made the burn book even lamer when they gave more attention to it, which you might not have thought that was the case. Right. Um, yeah. I do want to say I, I noticed uh, Lisa Barlow, uh, her F-bombs in the... Uh, reunion they hit hard when lisa says fuck i mean it's almost um the case for anyone yeah but it's so fun to hear that crisp full (laughs) fuck from these cast members because it's still we're in that place where it's still jarring was vanderpump the first uncensored it must have been right it's like set the like that is a huge deal that vanderpump paved the way to have these
1: do they have it for new jersey and atlanta
3: wasn't jersey just after vanderpump i guess
1: yeah Yeah, I think it was first because um, that was the first thing we watched for the podcast, and I feel like that's when Peacock became a big thing.
3: People think Peacock is pure shit, (laughs) and everyone hates it. But you have to give Peacock credit for that. For adding, it's 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 such a good idea. I do have
1: like blind rage about their skip back, pause, and play it's horrible oh
3: oh don't get me started because we use it every single day you and i yeah you can't skip recap very easily if you try uh, to click skip, skip recap, intro skip, oh they need to make those it buttons which the hell out first of all on all streaming services there needs to be something called binge mode where you yeah. enter on that with a show and it skips intro skips recap yeah. it skips next up on yeah just gives you the meat of this shit yeah. that, that that should be for all platforms yeah binge mode mm-hmm. everyone that netflix whoever does that first you'll make a billion dollars <laughs> binge mode it gets rid of all of the garbage so you can just go through <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> wait is that netflix you want to give me a million dollars no um, um, and then uh, oh god what was i gonna say oh also when you click back when you're within an episode but it goes back to the home page or whatever <gasps> <and> you can't <sighs> actually find in on the episode page it's a like, Goddamn no. user uh, interface nightmare. No,
1: the Peacock one is so bad. And the way that the episodes are in order, it starts, it doesn't go, if you're looking oh. at season nine, oh. episode one through 20, oh. the next one down isn't season oh, 10, episode one, it's season eight, oh, it's, episode one or something uh, they put like, them all in
3: a, they put them all in a big one <laughs> one line so that you don't even know where the season ends oh my god don't get me started i'm fired up it's a you know hell of my own making you, you know what's every even worse night. you know what's even worse which is astounding amazon prime yeah Oh, it's a trash heap over there. It's, oh my God! What the <laughs> hell is Jeff Bezos doing? I
1: thought that's like the richest company in the world. What's
3: happening? They are. They should be the most technologically inclined to make mm-hmm. a good user inter- interface. Amazon is one of the best user interfaces. That's what it had going for it for a decade or a decade or whatever. Yeah. But um, you can't skip forward with the Apple TV remote by just sliding your finger. You have to do a full blown fast forward slash rewind, rewind, oh. and click three times to get it to go forward. It's disgusting. Oh, it is sick and i'm sorry that we're talking about that instead of salt lake city i but like
1: like tattoo the skip back button on my body like back 10 or back 15 it's the best invention of all time and whoever put it on a remote first should get a nobel prize it's
3: amazing and that's the feature i use most on the podcast app as well mm-hmm. ten, 10 seconds back 45 seconds forward it's amazing yeah okay so <laughs> and, and that sort of explains how we feel about salt lake city right no i'm just kidding um <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> um, so-
1: yeah. So it starts out um, and we can, I just really wanted, Mary's on her way out by the beginning of this part, but I just wanted to call her out one last time right? because they show that on Watch What Happens Live, she talks shit about Heather. Um, she called, she was referring to Heather's Gucci corset that she was wearing in a confessional. And Mary said, I think it's fake. I don't think Gucci makes stuff like that in a size 14. And <laughs> Heather says that she's like, we've talked about it. She said that that wasn't what she meant. Like she wasn't, didn't mean anything by it or whatever. And I'm like, what the fuck did she, do you think she meant? Yeah.
3: There's no other way to take it. For, for, with Heather, it is, um, what's, the, it, it is path of least resistance slash. Kid gloves? Is that what you say? It's
1: just so she, weird. Why is everyone so scared of her? It's like Jen Shaw 2.0. I,
3: that's what I'm saying. I said it last week. Yeah. Uh, Mary Cosby is a low-level Jen Shaw where they are scared as hell of what she do. Why wouldn't you be scared of her? They they ask at one point, who's scared of Mary? And and Meredith goes, I'm not scared of Mary. I just learned how to talk to her or whatever. It's like, you're not scared? She tweets that Whitney is definitively a racist. (laughs) And that was just like, you know, that's just something that she does anytime she wants to. I just think that Heather realized, don't engage with Mary because it's not worth it.
1: Sure. It's just so annoying that like, she can say such horrendous shit and no one says anything. I'm like, that's, I mean, we've talked about it, but I was just like, if that's the last we hear of her, I'm
3: good. It really should be because she is uh, graded on a curve in terms of what housewives can get away with, uh, in my opinion. And I don't think, I I think if you continue to film with Mary, you are setting yourself up for, I mean, maybe that's what they want. Yeah. I mean maybe they want to go back to Mary's church and see her being praised as a god and yeah. see them um give her bouquets of uh money every single week <laughs> or whatever but I just think that like I don't like how Andy said you were such great comedic relief this season. I'm like, yeah. she's not trying to be funny. We're only laughing at her because of, she's saying the meanest shit in the world, and we can't believe someone would treat someone like that.
1: Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. There's such
3: a there's such a skewed like version of what people love about Mary.
1: Yeah. And then on her way out to Monica, she's like, "Bye, beautiful."
3: Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Did so, you
1: like uh, when so everyone went on a turtle piss break? Uh, yeah. when Mary left and Monica was just left because yeah. she didn't go on a turtle piss yeah. break and Andy just like was like s- like deeply involved in his phone and I was like I want the full uncensored of how long they sat there and didn't speak.
3: I thought the same thing. <laughs> like I did see that but Andy does do that. Uh, like at almost every reunion now that is more extended. He d- that's not just for monica i do think if he gets a break he does not talk to anyone you know he does not talk to anyone he wants to be on his phone he wants to check updates or whatever and also
1: like save it for the show yes yeah
3: yeah but it is funny just to see them sitting there monica's just like you know not you know (laughs) right next to him with no conversation
1: imagine not taking a turtle piss break i think what what do you think happened maybe she was dehydrated
3: yeah probably um so so okay so mary leaves i uh, didn't think we would see Mary again and yeah. you know, i was glad that she was gone yeah um i, I but do, do you agree with me about the comedic relief thing that it's like it's like
1: yeah i mean it's like i get it. it she's so insane and so unfiltered yeah that it's like kooky right like i get it but yeah. i'm just like there's a darkness there that like freaks me out me too that i'm like i don't want the other to watch the other shoe drop i mean actually i'm down for her to still be around if we're gonna like reckon with her crimes yeah but if it's all just gonna be like cuckoo i'm like i'm good
3: yeah um i mean no one like lisa doesn't actively want anything to do with mary either does whitney meredith is the one that likes her and then heather we see she just has to treat mary like nothing she ever says is bad and that's the only way mary likes you You know, so I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know how justifiable it is to keep Mary on. I mean, they're saying that Monica can't be brought back because she has no friendships with the cast members, and it's just not organic anymore. But Mary really doesn't either. Besides this fake friendship with Meredith, which you know is like bullshit.
1: Yeah, I think. I guess it'll depend on what road they take casting wise next season. Yeah,
3: you know, it's you know it's starting back up February fifth. That soon? Yes, that's why. I guess that's why they're saying Monica needs a break. Right. They're not saying specifically fired. Like Andy's not using that terminology even though that's how it was like reported when it first came out. He's saying that Monica needs a cooling off period. Yeah. So, I think it maybe I think maybe they're going to weave Monica in towards the end of the season and they're leaving mm. that open to possibly seeing if she can um get in the group on her own terms and mm-hmm. possibly be in season five because season five it's not going to make much sense without monica right yeah
1: i know when uh heather on was on watch it Happens, she was like uh she was like the show is ultimately about friendship and she was like i can't wait to get back to doing the show with my friends and i'm like that's not what we want to see
3: no like <laughs> what what um what Storyline i'll just call it storyline, even though that's sort of derogatory, but what storyline did you think was very powerful that didn't have Monica related to it in in season four like I love Whitney and Heather stuff yeah I, I love Whitney um I love Heather trying to navigate her friendship with Whitney when Whitney is trying to take her down at every single possibility but yeah. won't admit that I did yeah. like I did like Lisa and Heather becoming more friends and or becoming better friends and that making Whitney jealous. Yeah. Like, and then
1: like the whole like um, mission storyline was fun. That like, was. And how that played off of Heather.
3: But then Heather's f- friendship to Lisa ended up nipping that storyline in the bud because she didn't want to go as all out, you know, as she could on yeah. Lisa because she didn't want to lose Lisa as a friend. Right. So sometimes strong friendships we saw this on beverly mm-hmm. hills if there's too strong of alliance it makes for very boring um seasons right
4: yeah
1: totally.
3: so I, I just don't know but i think that now that i heard the language is not firing but it's cooling off period i do think that that gives bravo a, a way to bring monica back in a smaller way in season five without officially saying that she's back as a cast member they they can do that right like yeah, like Denise came back, Denise is nowhere near the quality of Monica, I'm not even <laughs> comparing, but Denise can can come in when she has, like, stuff that she wants to say at any time. Yeah. And this, that was the worst case example of it on Beverly Hills, but, like, there is precedent for a non-cast member who's been a cast member to come back throughout a storyline. Yeah, I feel like they can st- do
1: whatever the hell they want.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So what did you, did you, you were right about Monica, like not, because you said it early, like how could Monica be back? How do you feel about her not being back and you being right?
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like, it feels like a loss in a sense, but at the same time, I feel like she's so, um, I think she could have been like diabolically unwatchable if she came back. Like, of just yeah. like trying to like run the show and be scandalous and you know, the way Jen Shaw was in yeah. her early days of just like create like reverse engineering being a housewife. Cause at least when she started, even though she was like lying in playing games, she was like, she still did have an interesting storyline, like, just obviously because of her mom and. The fact that she wasn't rich, and then her Jen Shaw connection or whatever, and I would just be afraid that, like, judging by her social media presence at post all of this, that she'd be like, "I'm back, bitches," yeah. and it'd be like a whole thing. You well, know? I,
3: yeah, I really thought that she navigated, um post finale, her her what she chose to do was all bad decisions. Yeah, doing the reality of Auntie's reveal or whatever, where she posted like you know, the unmasking of reality or whatever, like all that shit was garbage. And that's just because she's so entrenched, entrenched in social media, that that's the avenue she feels most comfortable in. But, um, I I think you're, I think you're right. I'm so divided on it because I do now I'm suspicious about every single storyline she had, even her relationship with her mom. I don't know what I can believe because she lied the entire time. And now it's known that she's has like, you know, she's entrenched in housewives lore and knowledge. Yeah. So she is like, she knows what makes good storyline. So I guess it, it's hard to honor her for that. Mm-hmm. But then also I just know that she was 80% of what made season four good. And with her removed, what are the Salt Lake city cast members going to do unless they cast someone else to like, right. I don't know.
1: I know it's a conundrum. I do not. Every time we talk about something like this, I do not envy the producers. Like it's so hard. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I feel like we should go through it. Like sure. what she said, how she handled it, and then, um, because so, yeah, that's so, a bulk of the.
3: Yeah. So once they get out of Mar- the Mary leaves, they talk more about reality T's and that's the full like forty five minutes of this. Yeah. Um. So first, they Andy is doing a good like he's being the audience surrogate there, and he's really getting to the like basic details of this, which I was, I was happy for. Yeah. He's like, what is going on here? You know, like this was an account and Monica explains, this was an account dedicated to taking down Jin Shaw because we found out Jin Shaw is a, uh, you know, was a criminal, a bad person, uh, scamming the elderly out of money and Jin Shaw or or, sorry, Monica, I think reality Von started out with reasonably good intentions, Mm -hmm. right? Like of, unveiling the truth about Jenshaw and how she treats people, right? Right,
1: Yeah, so she said she started in 2021, so the show was already on. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, she said it was specifically to expose Jenshaw's treatment of her employees, which is quite specific.
3: Yes. Uh, And
1: and, and not meant to talk about uh, the other ladies, even though they then proceeded to show many examples of her.
3: Yeah, so the other cast members then eventually caught strays in this in the reality of auntie's universe and heather starts to point out specific examples where like heather was bullied Mm -hmm. by this account now the first one that they talk about is um that heather makes as an example which i want to talk about yeah is that it's it's a the t word which i don't know (laughs) if we're fully comfortable saying i don't know if it's a you know
1: yeah, it's, it's it's derogatory. We don't say it anymore.
3: Yeah, and I don't even want. I don't. I don't want to say it. If like, I mean, you know, why? If risk you it? can
1: put two and two together, it's what Christian Siriano's tagline word used to be all the time on Project Runway. Yeah. that Amy Poehler did on SNL.
3: Okay, <laughs> I didn't know that. So, um, so, so uh, that so T Twin, which I, I just I don't want to risk saying. It. If if it would offend somebody, I'm not going to say it. Yeah. Um. But then, um, Monica says. That is what Jen Shaw called you, Heather. Right. Also that's, manatee. So, also manatee. So we were, you, we were highlighting Jen Shaw's language to expose Jen Shaw and get her canceled uh-huh. before she was indicted and sent to prison. Mm-hmm. So I did think Heather did not um, give that, uh, that side any credence. She goes, you're repeating what people said. That's just as bad. But that's not true. The account specifically was quoting Jinshaw, yeah. to use Jinshaw's horrible language, yeah. uh, offensive language to cancel Jinshaw further, which was the main um reason for the account, so I think that Heather needs to pick her battles here and admit i I think she should have admitted that 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 makes sense to her at least that sure they're using Jinshaw's language they're not they're not they're not saying it it's not actually. Sure. Like,
1: but then that other one. No, right. Was, so that was an example where they showed, they quoted it on the lower third as a uh, repost of a reposted Instagram story. So there were examples that were quoting Jenna Shaw, like you're saying, and so calling her out. But yeah. then they pulled up another example on, it was like a tweet, and it was all about um, Heather. They call her a grandma, um, still pretending she can get black D, yeah. which I assume was like, She there was that storyline where she was just like saying she loves like I think she did she say she loves like football players or something like that. She was saying she was attracted to big black men and um, that that's who she wanted to date or whatever. And then they were mocking her for that.
3: Yeah. So that one was awful. And I paused the screen. Um, That was an instance of them being horrible to Heather. It said I have video of this person saying racist shit. Do you want to see it? And and then it was like a poll you could yeah. take, and then all Heather did to warrant that Instagram was post a tribute to DMX after he died. <laughs> That's what they were responding to. Really? Yes. I it just, that. yeah. It, it was just a screenshot of Heather posting that DMX died, like a Rolling Stone article, you know, obituary for DMX. She so, can't win. So that, that so that was awful. And also, I want to factor in because i'm not trying to i'm not trying to give monica the benefit of the doubt i'm just trying to say that when she uses language from other people to cancel jen that makes sense to me but also there is the chance that monica when she got cast went through the reality von t's account and deleted thousands of posts sure that could have been much worse so right. this is the this is the sanitized yeah, version and it of was what reality
1: hundreds because they were saying um I think Monica was like, um, well, if they were in our stories, they would be in our highlights. Which is not true. No, you have to add them physically. So she was
3: using manually. Andy's lack of knowledge about some of these things and, and maybe even Heather's too. Because like, Monica is very adept at social media, yeah. probably 10 times more adept than all the other cast members. So yeah. her saying stuff like that is supposed to be like, obviously everyone knows if we would have posted a story, <laughs> it would be in our highlights. Right. That's not true. You but, don't have to put. Po- yeah. You do not have to post every story into a highlight. No,
1: so- but Heather's pulled up her dms and like you know you always see the ghost of your former tags in your uh dms yes and like the thing itself is gone but the tag remains and she just scrolled up and there were like hundreds of tags but i
3: will say though tagging everyone there was a little bit of like what the audience doesn't know about social media is being used against monica because there because just like heather did with the with the t-twin Story. Also, tagging every day, every time they posted, they tagged all of the Salt Lake City cast members to get this on their radar. It's not so
1: because they're like it's like a scammy, like it's like a trashy account where they just like are tagging if everything the
3: example is if you and I wanted to take down sir because we (laughs) got a we got sick from eating I'm not saying this would ever happen we got sick (laughs) from eating salmon there that would never happen at sir they have an a plus rating say it did happen and we create an anonymous account and we go the food makes you sick at sir you know and we would just tag Lisa and Peter every single day to get attention to it it's like a full like you know just trying to get on the radar I don't think that that should be used as Heather being like look at how horrible this account was. We were tagged in every post. It's just trying to get a story potentially on their radar.
1: Yeah, but it is like, um, like kind of desperate and trashy
3: regardless. Desperate and trashy, but (laughs) Heather is saying, (laughs) she's saying bullying. Yeah. Bullying. And I do think that there is some there is some middle ground here between what Monica did with this account and what Heather is accusing Monica of doing it. And Heather really has to justify to the world and to the other cast members and to Andy, why this specifically is so bad. Right. Why this is bullying.
1: Yeah. I mean, Andy, even I think on watch what happens brings up, he's like, I don't remember if it was a viewer question or just his question, but he was like, were you guys more offended by, what monica like why were you more offended by what monica did than what jen did like with her crimes or whatever yeah but she was just like well jen lied so we got to it was basically i feel like she was like she pulled the wool over her eyes and i feel like it's more like we didn't have to grapple with it because we just chose to believe her
3: yeah i I think heather i think She is, because this was kind of her stand, and Mm -hmm. she is the leader of this movement against Monica because she found everything out. I do think that she is not allowing herself to give the 5% to Monica because it sort of negates her position as the leader of this new viral moment against Monica. Yeah. So she's not adding a lot of nuance here, and I do think that she should— because it's not so cut and dry for me after watching this in terms of what Monica actually did to Heather specifically mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think that but I think that Heather doesn't want to she Heather is spending her time justifying why this is so horrible instead of letting like Andy soften her position with like his questions.
1: Yeah. Um all right. Well, this is where uh, Monica brings out the burn book, the Mean Girls branded burn book. And the women are immediately, they all groan. And Heather's like, oh, Andy, like, I'm not doing this. It's, she almost gets
3: up. Yeah, it's almost like Mike's off walkout. Like, everyone uh, is very upset that Monica pulls this out. I forget what leads to it. She goes, well, it's it's very, uh, it comes out of nowhere. She just goes, well. She's I, basically
1: like, I have, she's basically, because part of what's in the book is everything she posted, right. supposedly.
3: So everyone is like, they're like, so first of all, it's a prop, which props are, they can go either way. They can be the worst thing you've ever seen and really lame or they can be great like She News and Andy loves <laughs> it more than anything. Yeah. So when I saw the Burn book uh, first in the previews, I thought there was a chance that this would have messages from all of the cast members mm-hmm. giving Reality Vontee's information, saying Lisa Barlow doesn't own Vita Tequila, signed Heather, you know, like just like right. shit of them doing that together. So I really thought they're could be a lot of merit to this burn book, but in reality, when you watch it, it was one of the biggest prop flops in Bravo <laughs> history, right?
1: I mean, what did you think when the first page is it's a, it's many pages of jokes? Right. The first one, because it's like in reference to Mean Girls, the first one is Andy. Yeah. Which do you think how do you think he felt about it? It goes, it's a picture of Andy and it says like it's scribbled, it has favorites fucks the other half of New York, playboy. And then there's like an angel and a devil version of him. He said cute. He liked it.
3: I I don't know if he was on the second page, but the way (laughs) I saw it edited, he looked at the first page and he goes, cute. (laughs) And then in the extended edition, you get that Monica did another recreation of the original Mean Girls book where she goes, this person is a fugly... Slut or whatever, and then they're going. What is this? What is going on? And she going. She's going. It's a joke. It's a joke. Mean Girls. Have you seen it? Yeah,
1: it's like a direct reference that you really have to like know the movie.
3: Yeah, to understand, and people are are questioning the timing because of the Mean Girls musical right. came out at the same time. I do not think Monica, this is um, cross promotion because I don't think Mean Girls would have wanted a prop flop <laughs> like this in connection with their film. Right, it just happened to be Mean Girls, and the
1: timing—if it would have been in the first episode, I, it would have uh, made more sense. But that movie's been out for a minute now, so
3: which one? Mean oh, Girls, the, the musical. Right. So so okay so. Monica did have, ultimately she had screenshots of the grid and stuff in here that relates to Reality Vontese, but why did she want to first make it a direct recreation of the Mean Girls Mean Book, but have it connect to the Salt Lake City cast members? What was the point of that? It, it had uh, divided purposes, yeah. right?
1: She was flexing her creativity.
3: Yeah, but I don't know why she ever thought that at the reunion they would want to see recreations of the original Mean Girls, Mean Book, but substitute Salt Lake City cast members in there.
1: Yeah, it was a waste of time.
3: So so that already, that confused people. Yeah. She already started off, out, off on a bad foot. And then by the time she got to like the grid and Angie saying the best day of my life was when that Jin Shaw um video came out mm-hmm. and she goes i i'm fine that i said that it was a great day when Jin cha got exposed as bullying her staff right. or whatever yeah so then all of a sudden it just everyone is like this is what it is like first of all it's it's such a huge prop so you think it's going to be great yeah. and then she kind of flounders as she's like explaining what it is and then it just sort of dies on the vine right yeah yeah <laughs> i mean it just it it's it's <laughs> I mean, it was just so much worse than my expectations for it. I didn't have super high expectations, but no. I really thought there was going to be a smoking gun in there.
1: Well, it immediately got overshadowed because then it turned. they turned to the conversation that um, Monica's the one that set up Jen's security cameras. Right. And she was like, she asked me to set it up in my name, which I'm like, why would that be the case? And so basically she had access to jen's security cams which is insane right and she
3: said she, she called it like her security camera yeah, right like, it's the, like that's like diabolical that would be like if i said <laughs> i have security cameras in your house that i set up so i get access to it's see, like horrifying it's it, i the the fact that monica can make the case for that means that she can justify almost anything in the world sure right
1: yeah and then angie's like um was it angie that was saying like you were stalking Jen. like She's the one that brings it up. And then yes. Andy's like, can you define stalking? And then uh, Heather has all these videos <laughs> of stalking. And then one of them, it's like comical. She's like in the car and she's like stakeout and she has binoculars. And she's like, I think I see her. I
3: think I see her. And she goes, I don't want to be accused of stalking. So we have to keep dro- uh, driving by. So she even calls it stalking in her video. It's like the worst case example of being brought to you of you saying the exact opposite of what you're saying in real time. It's
1: like if someone accused you of shoplifting and they have a video of you like dressed as like a burglar with like a striped shirt, like walking. Oh, it was
3: giving striped shirt, uh, (laughs) Burglar in the house with... Uh, yeah, totally, completely. And um, so at this point, when she is trying to justify why she was being a troll driving by Jen's house and peeking in through binoculars <laughs> and saying what she's doing is considered stalking, I feel like Monica starts to really... starts to lose steam. Uh, the burn book was fucked. failed. Then the, she gets the security footage. Then they have videos of her saying, defining what she's doing as stalking. Then she says that the FBI... <laughs> told her that she should do these drive-bys at Jen's house to see if she was ever violating her probation and potentially drinking and driving.
0: And then So at, specific.
3: And then at that point, everyone, like even Whitney is like scoring points off uh, Monica. Yeah, She's everyone's like, laughing. I find it hard to believe that the FBI, you know, uh, Empowered you to do basically like citizens' arrest on her for the FBI. It's just, it's so ridiculous. And even Andy is just like, I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense. Like, he always tries to give the benefit of the doubt. And they're laughing.
1: She's like, It's not funny. She's like, Why are you defending a criminal? And they're all like, Ha 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 ha. And
3: seeing Angie, Whitney, Lisa just (laughs) laughing at another cast member, it it was like the most defeating thing I've ever seen. And you, you did.
1: It, it was, It was like, kind of hard to watch.
3: It's hard to watch, but Monica really set herself up for this. Yeah. She did. I mean. I thought she was smarter than that. Me you too. That, I'm, I'm going to say it at the end. Remind me at the end to just talk about how bad Monica failed. <laughs> yeah. This was a flop to a degree to which I never would have expected. Monica has yeah. been so powerful this season. She knows all of the tropes of the Housewives franchises, and she flopped. Harder than anyone I've ever seen at this reunion. This was like, this was just Monica's downfall.
1: Yeah, I know.
3: And and so it was just back to back. Burn book flopped. The stalking <laughs> videos came out. I was empowered by the FBI to do a citizen's arrest. Flop. Yeah. Then after that, Monica's like, this is uh, unsalvageable. Yeah. I can't come back from this. And I really think it's the, the laughing in her face, yeah. knowing that everyone was laughing was just too much. Yeah. It's like, I, I can't think of a lot of examples where just the entire cast is just derisively laughing at you right
1: i know i feel like it's usually at someone like ramona or something where she's like whatever like take it or leave it like and they're like okay whatever that's you know? half
3: like they're <laughs> laughing at like what she said ironically or whatever yeah. but like even tom sandoval didn't get laughed out of the room at the vanderpump and that was the most divided right you know divided uh, sure. reunion ever yeah this this was bad and <laughs> i think it's an example of monica's lying willful lying and i mean She's a big one of the biggest liars that has ever been cast. Yeah, and so like when she started to lie about very specific things like that, like the FBI, it's just like too much to to right. ever give her the benefit of the, of the doubt on. Even Andy couldn't. Right.
1: Yeah, I loved when Heather was like, "Uh, she goes, she thinks it's iconic. It's not iconic to be a bully." <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> I was like it's giving like after school uh, special. But she also Heather kept saying how. Um, the worst part of being a housewife is the online bullying and that the housewives or the you know the show would get higher caliber women yes. if they didn't have to deal with the trolls, which that's probably true. That was
3: one of the biggest takeaways for me, actually. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. Uh, Andy said, I tell that to every single new cast member. Social media is the absolute worst part. And I'm like, God, what a toxic cesspool. I, mean, Social I literally media can't is- imagine Aren't you? Weren't you so glad that you and I are not horrible, <laughs> toxic bullies who hate, except to Mary, maybe? Like, no, I mean, like, we're not even bullies to her. We just are honest. Sure. Uh,
1: no, like, our comments are generally, as we discussed, friendly, and um, you, like I think mostly our listeners are our commenters, and they're generally aligned. Yeah. But sometimes our clips will go into the oh. internet deeper and oh. then we'll get a lot of comments and I'm so scared to check them Um and like every time I read any housewives comment oh. comments I'm like it's a real roll of the dice you're like yeah. what is gonna be in here
3: I think the worst platform is Twitter I think Twitter is the most toxic platform sure. for housewives fandom and I mean Bravo it's like fandom. dead it's yeah well it's on its dying gasp it's like wants <laughs> to die in a pool of its own vomit um, it's horrible and uh, I think if you're a little turtle cutie and you spend time anonymously bullying uh, various Bravo <laughs> cast members you really need to rethink what's happening and that they're real people because even people you love who are heralded like Heather right now mm-hmm. people are saying the most horrible horrible shit yeah. about Heather that I can't even imagine and I, I just don't know why you'd ever want to take like part in a toxic environment no, people like
1: that. are so nasty it's one thing to like disagree or whatever but yeah. like people get so disgusting um and but on the same token some people are just such blind stands i was looking at we'll talk about it later but i browsed a uh, crystal minkoff's uh
4: oh. instagram
1: because she posted something snarky uh oh my God. this week and some of them were like i read one that was like one thing about mrs minkoff when she takes a shot she does not miss i was oh. like are you a robot? Like, what the hell is going on? Well,
3: that d- could be a bot. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, show me the shots that hit from crystal i would love to see a fan edit a compilation of crystal's best moments and then try to justify it'd be like a 20 second reel of like she's only like i feel like these last two episodes have been the best she's ever been and that's not even that's saying something
4: um
3: yeah no no no, there's i've learned there is absolute stands for every single cast member even
1: interesting who some people choose to adhere to i
3: honestly think it's it's for a lot of people, it's ironic, and when you're anonymous, <laughs> you can say anything you want and troll, you know, which is what we're learning about with Monica, and you don't even actually have to believe anything you say. Yeah. It's just for like clickbait or yeah, I don't know. Totally. Anyway, um, uh, so yeah, this is
1: where Monica says that she told casting about the yeah. account.
3: Yes. Um. So which, Andy, wouldn't there
1: be evidence of that?
3: So Lisa, yes. So Lisa said, uh, Lisa at, one, at some point goes. Um, I cannot believe you brought a cast member on to take us down. And she's specifically accusing Andy and Bravo of possibly knowing that Monica did this because they didn't know at the time what was true. And Heather goes specific, uh, right to Andy, says, did Bravo know mm-hmm. that she had this Reality Von T's account? Monica says at casting her first casting session, she said she had this account. I believed it for a second mm-hmm. and I believed that the upper levels of management at Bravo did not know because the casting director kept that hidden because they thought potentially be a good reveal. But now I think I don't believe anything Monica says yeah. and I do not think that she would jeopardize her casting on the show in the very first round of casting right. by saying she, because she wanted to be on the show so bad. Yeah. That is... That has to be... um, Yeah,
1: that's like a huge risk.
3: So her saying that, she knows that there was a 50-50 chance that they would not have her on the show. So I don't believe that she did that. Also, we saw her specifically lie about what she said to casting um, to get on the show. She said the ratings were shit. She did not do that. No. So I think we just have to say, I believe Monica is lying about that. Sure. Yeah, and Andy
1: said, you know, we wouldn't have cast you. And Um, I do
3: think Andy, though, is saying that he didn't say definitively. He's like, we did not know. He goes, I don't, he said, he kind of couches it like that he doesn't know for a fact, but is almost positive. I do think they are allowing for some wiggle room there by saying producers and upper executives at Bravo did not know and allowing for maybe casting did know because they don't know 100%. But I'm just going to believe that production was not in on it. Oh, and did you read the Variety article where it was like... Lori, their main producer, did not know this was going to happen and Uh had to be explained in real time why this was such a big deal by Heather. And they had to fully recalibrate the finale like we thought because they were going to have a – like. A prickly pear cold and fuzzy uh dinner (laughs) where they were going to confront meredith about possibly sending fake dms but they were going to end on a high note and say how far they've come and then laurie and the production team had to fully just cobble together a whole new scenario to account for this right so i believe it for the people that mattered they did not know
1: yeah for sure um (laughs) what was she saying about uh That they were coming after her business. Monica was saying something about... Um,
3: Yeah, so, so at this point, they get into the Greek mafia shit and Monica will not admit that for some reason after she brought up the Greek mafia and financial liens against Angie's businesses to Meredith that within a day mysterious DMs gotten of this account. Monica says, um, he goes, did you do that? And Monica goes, no, but I would admit to that. And it's like, you did this. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Like, at what, like, why would you deny that aspect of this thing? You're like right. fully busted. Why would you deny that? Right. Um, yeah. And then, and then Angie, uh, I, I will say, Angie wants a moment. She goes, "Can yeah. I speak for a second, uninterrupted? I have to have five minutes." Yeah. She talks about how this affected her business. Monica goes, "You affected my business too." And they go, "You don't have a business, you know." It,
1: <laughs> Andy's th- like, "They came after your swaddle business." Yeah. She goes,
3: "Yeah." She spoke uh, derisively about my swaddle business. Like, I don't remember <laughs> one second of that.
1: Yeah. Also, Andy had to explain the concept to Monica of. That if you bring something up on camera, it's as good as creating the rumor.
3: Monica also goes, don't discredit small shops. She was trying to get the (laughs) small shop army to go against Angie. Even
1: though she said in the last reunion that she shuttered her business during COVID.
3: Yeah. I mean, no offense to Monica. Or maybe some (laughs) offense to Monica. No one remembered that swaddle business and no one was trying to take it down. If anything, they were over emphatic about that swaddle business and didn't talk shit about it when they could have.
1: Right. Um, she should make like, um, reality Von T's swaddles.
3: That would be nice. What's a swaddle
1: again? It's like you wrap a baby up like a burrito and it makes them sleep nicely. And what
3: did you say? It should be reality Von <laughs> Oh Okay. Yeah. I like that. So then it devolves into Monica's, um, like fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're old, fuck you. Like right. when she can't argue, Lisa says definitively, you're bad at arguing, which I kind of like that. It was <laughs> yeah. like, you you were actually ahead of the curve on saying Monica's not good at going back and forth. Like <laughs> I was giving her a lot of credit for like her impressions or whatever. Yeah. And then once I started to see it more and more that she just devolves into the most base insults and starts making fun of voices, low hanging fruit. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Monica just shuts people down by screaming. Yeah, she just calls them
1: old and ugly. Doesn't say anything
3: of merit. Yeah. And then um, Angie has another moment where she stands up and uh says something like, I don't know what she says, but she says, um, but I would rather be a business person with a tax lien than be a low brow rat out of the sewer. And Monica goes, Brown Brown rat? And he goes like brown,
1: low brow, low brow. Low brow. And
3: Angie goes, low fucking brow rat. Monica goes, brown brown rat it's like she wants it so bad to be brown rat to catch andy in the or i mean uh, sorry um, angie. angie in this like horrible you know racist term or whatever but it's like she just misunderstood Laura. yeah so
1: and this is when they cut to andy and he's completely despondent oh it's oh, like yeah. a meme it's, now of him being like oh yeah. god yeah so
3: first monica was like okay i'll take the small business um i'll take the small business advocates on my side and then she's like wait did you really call me a brown rat like she's <laughs> grasping for anything now that will give her the upper hand
1: yeah and then uh angie calls her um a horrible person and um monica says horrible people murder children i'm like is that the only yeah category that,
3: well that is <laughs>
1: um i also wanted to bring up when we were talking about um the slurs that were um in the reality von T's stories and tweets or whatever um they were not i don't think um censored on the uncensored peacock version and I also noticed when Monica was talking telling a story about her mom on like last week's there was a like racial slur that she said her mom was called growing up which is why she changed her last name or whatever that was also not censored and I'm like I get like not censoring like f-bombs and like whatever but I'm like (laughs) What are the limits of what the peacock uncensored is?
3: Right. It's like you can't (laughs) let everything be uncensored because, but then they can't call it uncensored if they specifically do bleep out words that even you and I don't want to say. So it is funny because they, I don't think they've gotten to the point where they have to censor something. I guess they're like
1: blurring the lines, right? Keeping like, huh. (laughs) <laughs>
3: uncensored, raw, unfiltered. It's like, it's like okay, well, I mean, I don't know if some of these words should go out into the open because then you and I would have to debate whether or not we say them, you right. know? So anyway, yeah, I, that was <laughs> funny to note. And who will be the first person that breaks the uncensored rule where it's like the first beep that right. comes in an uncensored environment? Yeah.
1: It is just weird getting used to watching uncensored. Yeah. Cause it's just like still shocking. It
3: is. I mean, anytime I hear an F bomb and I look down and I hear someone say, fuck, I'm like, wait, what am I watching? I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> um, okay. And then we get into the, the black eye. Yep. And Heather, uh, I didn't know. Now I didn't know this was shocked to me. I did not know how much Heather went to bat, was down in the trenches for Jen I had yeah. no idea how many alternative theories she offered. Did she accuse producers of possibly punching her in the face and and editing out the footage? Like, I did not know that she went to bat for Jen like that. Right?
1: Did you feel like, I mean, we'll go through it, but Andy made her eat shit.
3: Oh my God. It gave, it was giving Robin when she did Patreon exclusive on reasonable. Yes.
1: That's, I thought that that was more how he was going to be treating Monica. And he was so nice to Monica, and he was furious with Heather.
3: In Monica's defense, well, I don't know. I, I don't need to defend Monica anymore. What Heather did was very bad. Once I learned about it, it is it is horrible to have in the past after you are lying to use production and Bravo as scapegoats, especially when they tried to actually legally find out what happened sure i I think that monica what monica did never rose to the occasion of her having him having to chastise her for what she did i I guess i guess there are instances where she did accuse production of things but i don't think he's had time to reckon with the aftermath of that because it's just happening now sure i just
1: yeah I, i i think part of it is that andy hates jen shaw
3: Yes. Like oh, he oh, yeah. wants her head? Oh, the way he the way he talked about it this <laughs> reunion I'm like, wow, there's one housewife that specifically Andy hates and why shouldn't he?
1: Right. So I think that this was just like um collateral damage from that and I think he really likes Heather and whatever, but he like made her
3: yeah, basically beg for forgiveness. Well, he's I think he is reckoning with the fact that when this came out, there could have been a contingent of people who think that Heather should be fired. Mhm. I mean, they're like.
1: I felt like the examples of everything, I felt like it was pretty clear that she was joking and like all of her false examples were so ridiculous that I don't. Li- f-
3: but she lied to legal about, right. like, when Bravo wanted to investigate how a cast right. member while they were filming got a black eye, right. she lied to them about it. And then, yeah, she used absurd humor. But I, there's enough people who possibly would believe these. False things and you're and you know actively the truth. I'm just saying she did so much damage with her lies, knowing the actual truth that I think it just had to be noted by Andy. What did you think before we get into the footage and everything? I I did thinking about it more. I do wish that Heather. I know she was really drunk, but like was she so blackout drunk that she actually specifically does not remember the instant it happened? She only knows that. I
1: feel like she at this point would say if she did remember
3: oh yeah okay i, just, I mean I, we've
1: I, seen her get bucked
3: up yeah barfing espresso martini so i feel like
1: she was probably going pretty hard when she hung out with jen but yeah i feel like she would reveal what the like the moment was yeah i wish she point. would have even
3: just said like i do not remember fully 100 percent. but i think i said something like uh I doubted her, you know, innocence and she socked me right in the (laughs) the eye. So I I don't know. It just was like, if you're giving the, maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's more real that she actually just admits she doesn't remember at all, but I wish that there was a little more of the story of what happened there. But ultimately I'm just obviously glad that she came clean.
1: Yeah. And they showed that video that she sort of had to narrate You know, there wasn't much to it. It was just like Jen coming to her room in the the morning, gave her back like a sweatshirt or something and said, thanks for letting me borrow this. And then she was like, I can't believe I did that. Like, sorry. And Heather's like, don't worry, I
3: got you. Yep. And And, then they show another scene, which I thought was even more revelatory, which is Heather – I always thought Heather was very coy in season three when she is talking about the black eye. And I did think, because I already thought it was Jinshaw who punched her, that she wanted to see if Jinshaw would come clean on her own. So yeah. she gave Jinshaw a lot of opportunities yeah. to say it. And then when you watch this, knowing definitively that it was that, um, she goes, We need to come up with some story here because I don't know how the hell I'm going to justify a black eye. And then you see yeah. Jinshaw's stupid
1: spider eggs, spider eggs
3: poison in your eye.
1: Yeah um but yeah like he, he just Andy kept bringing up like every example of what happened that she's ever used. He was like you accused pro- producers of covering up a crime and she was like I know. She was like and she's like also Doing this made it worse for me. She was like, Reality Vontees was all about this black eye thing. Like yeah. they covered it nonstop. The entire internet wouldn't shut the fuck up about it. She said that she didn't go online for like six months because she like couldn't take
3: yeah. all the questions. But, but that's what I'm saying about this this like Heather's view of Reality Vontees versus the reality of Reality Vontees. Monica trying to get the 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 story out that Jinshaw for sure punched Heather. That is a reasonable thing for an account to do, right? Try to prove that Jinshaw punched a fellow cast member and is yeah. lying about it. I think if Heather, like Heather should want this truth to be out and at least not not fully like celebrate that Reality Vontes did that, but can't you understand why Reality Vontes made that part of their mission right. to expose Jinshaw for punching you in the face?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that was the closest they got to a connection when Monica brings up that like, she also experienced physical abuse at the hands of jen shaw and that they experienced the same trauma
3: yeah and she talks about i i thought the scene where um jen shaw pours a drink over angie's head i was like nothing is more of a fucking bully than when jen shaw does that to angie she truly is like angie you're nothing like she doesn't say that but she's like i don't give a fuck about angie she's a friend of she sucks and she just pours a drink on her head and i think throws her shoe off a a boat I, i forget if that's angie it's like awful awful behavior yeah i mean
1: and like whitney's like i think heather had stockholm
3: syndrome oh yeah so so they so andy goes around the room and he goes now that you've heard because heather just fully apologizes i'm so glad because people hate heather for her friendship with jen and for lying for jen so i feel like
1: jen was like uh she was like unless they've got the footage we deny 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 Uh,
3: yeah (laughs) I mean, yeah. Uh, so then uh, Andy goes around the room and he goes, how do you feel about what Heather has said today about this? Like about apologizing all that. And every single cast member says, I understand, which yeah. to me shows just how awful and evil Jen Shah <laughs> is. The fact that they understand why Heather lied through her teeth for a year yeah. about this thing. And and Heather goes, I'm still scared about retribution. And I say, you should be. Yeah, I have no... Fucking clue what Jinsha will do to you.
1: Monica says she still gets threats. Yeah, I mean,
3: Jinsha is—I would be worried about yeah. what Jinsha could possibly do.
1: Yeah, right. And Lisa was saying how Heather was so broken last reunion, I like love a shell that. of her former self. Yeah, Whitney it's... hugs Heather because they're all like, "Jesus Christ, like you've been through hell."
3: <laughs> a great moment for Whitney. I, I love that everyone rallied around Heather. That's what made the finale so amazing when all of them came together, the four of them, to like just honor their friendship and and. Discuss the trauma that they've dealt with about being on a show with Jen Shaw. I love this too. Them yeah. all rallying to Heather again. Yeah, so nice. And
1: Andy was like, "We're still cleaning up the mess of this person." Yeah, which I'm like, I think he hates her for lying, but I think he also hates her for like, um, like bastardizing the franchise. Yeah. Like I think he thinks she's sullied the brand.
3: She. We've already said this. She is the worst person morally and criminally <laughs> that has ever been on a bravo show right yeah i mean except daniel staub's bodyguard danny <laughs> whatever his name was but he wasn't a, a full-time cast member yeah but like Teresa went to jail but yeah. she what she did was i don't even Tax. know what the hell she not fun at all who cares um yeah so i think i'm not uncle sam me neither. Doesn't affect me none. Yeah, and if anybody knows how to evade taxes this year, please <laughs> let us know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and do we
1: have any accountant turtle cuties? We need help. <laughs> that would be so good. Um, <laughs> um, so,
3: so I think that yeah, you're right. He resents what she did to the franchise, and he says like, look at the toxic, you know, wasteland that she left upon this franchise. And yeah. I thought that was it's. I like how honest Andy was about Jenshaw and her legacy on the show.
1: Yeah, and Heather sends her a message in the clink and said. I'm no longer your bitch, and I'm glad you're in prison because I couldn't have come out like this otherwise. Um, And on Watch What Happens Live, they were saying, uh, Andy was like, do you think she saw your message? What do you think she thought or whatever? And he was like, because Teresa watched the reunion in prison and Joe Judice watched uh, in prison, so she probably can watch it.
3: Wow. (laughs) Well, we know. I mean, she would definitely watch the finale because she immediately got her her story out on Instagram about the black eye thing um oh yeah what's her uh oh yeah Jinshaw also said she'd be seeking legal retribution against heather if she said it at the reunion and then heather said it a hundred <laughs> times luck. yeah good luck. <laughs>
1: Yeah, i feel like bravo should cover those expenses if so yeah um but yeah andy was like that was, po- that was very powerful what you just said like he was like we need to heal
3: i think he wanted i think in andy's um you know uh, chastising of heather he wanted to get her on a clean slate again and reckon with the sort of you know horrible shit she did while she was trying to lie and i think now she sort of gets a clean slate by admitting to everything mm-hmm. but he wanted to do his due diligence
1: right there. yeah and he's like uh like we were saying like he was like do you guys have grace for monica yes at this point that was a after great... hearing this you know
3: andy could not have been <laughs> More of an advocate for Monica's position for this entire three-part reunion. I mean, I don't know what—people say he's biased and he has favorites. It even said in the Burn book, has favorites. Monica really got a very open forum to do whatever she wanted with um, with someone who would truly listen. Mm-hmm. and andy even said after this reunion he said we gave her the opportunity to speak her case and i don't think she got through to any of these people yeah so at the end of this this after he asks about the, the grace or whatever yeah. and i think everyone says no yeah <laughs> they can't extend grace to her yet heather specifically whitney and then andy goes i, I don't know if i'm skipping ahead too much but andy said says monica Now that we're all here, I told you that you'd get your point across, you know, Mm -hmm. like if there's anything that was misunderstood, now is the time you have full, full, what, you know, uh, a form to just say. And she goes, well, there's a lot of things that are misunderstood. And then he goes, okay, well, what, you know, what is it that you'd like to say? Like, what can we, what can we, uh, you know, have you explain? Like, is there anything you want to say now? And she goes, no. And then it just is dead silence for three yeah. seconds. And you can see Andy is so disappointed that Monica won't take this opportunity to state her case. And this is where I think, this is where Monica should have said, dropped, you know you flopped. You know the burn book flopped. Yeah, Change strategies. I know you're dejected as hell and you were just laughed at by this entire cast and you think you lost. This is the time to say something like, even though I was a troll as hell before, mm-hmm. I was trolling you all, I legitimately thought you were so sweet to me and I enjoyed being with you because you know Monica legitimately likes Lisa and Heather yeah. and Meredith for the most best part. Best
1: birthday ever.
3: She had the best birthday. They were celebrating her. They were genuinely nice to her. Yeah. Why not just say I became friends with you all under false pretenses. I'm so sorry, but I think I would actively want to be your friends had I not had this horrible troll history would you ever permit me she had the chance to mm-hmm. state her case for being on season five and she didn't take it right that was the flop
1: yeah she it was basically like it's already over yeah yeah she got
3: too defeated yeah. it was like once her her strategy did not work she didn't want to even try anything else
1: yeah also i it was revealed on watch Raven's live that heather uh sometimes still uses tanisha for her hair
3: Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: she was like, I honor that she came clean. She's like none of us would have known otherwise.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um it's it's yeah, it it was wild. Um I don't know anything else to add. There's a they do their prickly pair and yeah. their um their warm and fuzzy pair uh which
1: It was kind of whatever. Yeah, it's
3: just sort of like they all, you know, I, they all loved how they all interacted with each other this season apart from the Monica thing. Uh, you know, and I do think that there was a lot of growth in all of their friendships, and this was the best season um, of seeing, yeah, the new friendships that formed with like Heather and Lisa specifically, uh, yeah, in my yeah, in my opinion, and Lisa and Meredith forging a new path. There was some good stuff, but I just don't know how much longevity just seeing them form these new friendships will have in season five,
1: right? um did you love how disgusted by the dark and stormy drinks and uh, andy was I <laughs> he loved basically it. spit it out oh he
3: he's just put it down and said i don't want to drink this <laughs> like, anymore
1: that's foul um i also i keep talking about watch what happens because i do think if you haven't watched it and you watched the reunion you should because it's just like you know there's a lot of follow-up questions and a lot of clarification and also heather got a little makeover she looks good i don't know what she got but she looks different
3: Oh, good. Okay, good. I'm glad. <laughs> I know
1: you don't like to comment on appearance, but I know that all of our listeners know what I'm talking about.
3: Okay. Uh, yeah, I will say, <laughs> I yeah, I don't want to break my rule about commenting on it, appearance, but I will say I noticed a difference in how Heather looked. I'm not going to say good or bad. I'm just going to say there was a difference.
1: Potential turkey teeth.
3: Really? That's a Patreon
1: term, but I think she got new teeth.
3: Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was part of it.
1: That's my guess. Also... I had to pee again. I know. I
3: would actually <laughs> No, I am so... You know how I say we're telepathic in yeah. uh, this the screenplay? I was going to say, let's take a little piss break.
1: Good. I was like, really glad we were winding around the corner because I was like, I can't make it through to another franchise. I
3: saw, I, you know... My I body language. S- I saw your piss meter and your body <laughs> language uh, go sky high. So did, we, did we, that, we... We covered Salt Lake City, right? That was good. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like there's going to be yeah it's really just more to come like how are they going to handle the casting it's such a hard challenge yeah
3: yes for sure i don't know what season five is going to look like it's obviously gonna you know it's hard without monica but i know bravo will figure it out um i also liked some of the variety the like specifically variety did a lot of coverage about the finale and like interviewed andy and the producers and heather did a huge long interview with heather
1: i literally like we it, texted about it, and I never read it. It was good.
3: Whoever the interviewer, the interviewer was in, from Variety knew everything, like was so entrenched in like uh, Bravo knowledge. Like they asked that. Heather good questions. Great. So I love that they gave this like so much coverage because it went so viral. Right. I think that's kind of fun. I yeah. love when Bravo gets into the pop culture zeitgeist in a huge way. Sure. Okay, cool. All right, let's piss. Okay. <laughs> We're back. Hello. Two certified turtle piss breaks. I know.
1: Hopefully it'll just be two, not three.
3: We're not going to do three. I don't. I don't <laughs> think we should. Um, and also, that would be that unprecedented, would be a disaster. Right? But you know, but it is 2024, and I think that has become the new norm.
1: <laughs> We've regressed. What do you think is going on? I don't know. Maybe our body are uh, we're cleansing.
3: Oh, that could be. Um, okay, well, let's take some time, if you don't mind, to talk about Southern Charm: The Reunion Part Two. Yes. Now this was a this was a two part reunion. Right. True. And <laughs> you would be
1: right about that.
3: <laughs> and what I mean to say by that is that three has become we talked that three has become sort of the standard. Yeah. But I felt like this really made the case for two part reunions. It yeah, didn't last. Didn't need more. Didn't need more. I guess because it was so focused on one thing happening throughout this entire season, but. I think we need to bring back two parts, and they they're not indicative of season quality because southern charm this season was great yeah. two this was a great I th- honestly think people might have gotten a little bored by Salt Lake City by the fact that we were waiting so long for reality vones for two full parts, yeah that it's like it sort of lessens the impact, so yeah, I think we should just normalize two parts for sure that go back to that being the standard
1: yeah, and then do a you can do a bonus one on peacock if you want. Of like the cutting room floor, like right. reunion secret revealed.
3: That would be fun. Yeah. That, I mean, that's probably in the works.
1: Yeah. Or yeah, just uh, have the two parts be extended parts.
3: Yes. I think. Oh, right.
1: Right. You know, like the uncensored longer.
3: are just our 54 minutes. You get 20 extra bonus content or whatever. Yeah. Which
1: equates to a full third part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I will say, I know we've discussed, I really enjoyed this season. It was great. But I'm... Happy to be laying it to rest.
3: I think that... <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that no one, until next season, if they're maybe just talking about it way in hindsight, no one will bring this up again. I think that they have really... They know, everyone knows that it has ran its course. And yeah. it's there will be some aftermath from it, but I just think that they will be ready to turn a new leaf, all of them. I think even Olivia... Will want to just not talk about this anymore. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm almost assured that that right. will happen.
1: Yeah, and I've told you. I've read whenever I read comments on videos or anything about this, all the comments are like, "Enough! <laughs> like, <laughs> let's move on. Get over it."
3: Yeah, I, I can't. I can't really think of another uh, a precedent for a full season being about ninety percent being about one thing. Yeah, it's usually about a lot more.
1: Yeah, it lasted like the entire time.
3: And it's only because Whitney went up into his hotel room in Jamaica and blasted that thing out to page <laughs> six so that they, they would all fight about it again.
1: Yeah. Diabolical.
3: Um, you know what, Andy never did? So I want to talk, I wanted to ask just generally, like, how, how did you feel about this reunion just overall in the end of Southern Charm? How did you feel about it?
1: It was good. I feel like part one was juicier than part two.
3: Yeah. Um. um I, I was. Like we talked about last week, I was much more interested in like Shep coming to terms with um, his relationship with alcohol and how they sort of like broke the fourth wall there than anything about the Taylor kissing shit could never match. Right. Part one.
1: Yeah, especially because we're just at a crossroads where it's like they're still holding firm that they did nothing more than kiss. A lot of people don't quite believe them. And it's like, well, we there's nothing more to say then.
3: Yeah, right. It's like we just yeah, like even Madison or whoever thinks that they made love, um, a few times. It just doesn't matter anymore. Right. It's like you you already think it's horrible what they did. You and know. So it's like the it's,
1: girls have new boyfriends.
3: So it's like it's over. Yeah. It's done. One thing that I wanted to say that that I realized after the fact is that I thought that Andy would do more of a detailed try to do a detailed breakdown Mm -hmm. of the actual timeline which is still very confusing yeah i thought for sure this reunion andy would say taylor austin tell me exactly the timeline for this and he never did that
1: right he never said he's over it (laughs) i know
3: yeah yeah you're i think you're right but i just i just thought the reunion would have been the place to definitively just know okay the new york hotel room right you guys met when did you call your parents when did the kiss happen? Right. <laughs> did sleepovers did they ever have kissing? No. No. Yes. No. Right. And then we would just know the timeline because it was so it was so talked about this entire season. Right. When when the events happened. And I thought, I don't know, that was sort of a missed opportunity. I get what you're saying yeah. that he was tired of it, but like, why not just get five minutes of this reunion dedicated to Austin and Taylor independently, almost like a cross examination, right? Saying the truth about what really happened.
1: Right. Yeah. Definitively.
3: Yeah. You do you think that would have been uh worthwhile or do you think it's just pure shit that idea i had
1: <laughs> yeah i feel like that would have been good in a uh, part one yeah get it out of the way
3: i because I, I remember we were talking about the reunion and I, I was like i know for sure that andy is just going to get to the bottom of this the reunion we'll know the exact timeline and he never did it
1: right Sad. yeah it's true um so yeah it, it starts out the first thing one of the first things we see is they're breaking from uh the drama it's I think right after on the uncensored version Olivia calls Taylor a cunt, yeah, uh, which yeah not bleeped. You've um, never um
3: you've never dropped a, a, a bomb uh, on on Turtle Time. Are you sure? Oh I don't know I I, I don't know <laughs> I, it struck a chord with me hearing it.
1: Uh, all right well this is uncensored. Uh, wow yeah I
3: don't know yeah it, that's how it ends right yeah It ends with her yeah uncensored and
1: then it picks up from there and they're on break and shep goes up to taylor and he's like he's like silence is golden like he's like giving her advice on like how to shut the fuck up and not get in more trouble he
3: goes he says he says you're taking a page he goes you look (laughs) you look shook um which i know that's how you're feeling um he goes you're taking a page out of my book last season and it's working trust me okay like i was like what what did you do last season that is so remarkable that you think that Taylor remembered it and is using your strategy from season eight? Like I, I I I just recently watched season eight in the reunion. I do not know what the hell strategy Shep was employing that he thinks that Taylor is taking a page out of his book. What that right. you just beat you're just quiet like the the right. the silent strategy. I
4: guess.
1: And
3: also at that point when Shep's giving her that advice saying you're doing great, she had just. <laughs> revealed that olivia uh made out or, or had sex with thomas ravenel that was right. not a great strategy that landed horribly amongst right. the group so what was she doing good that 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 got you to say that she's doing a great job at this reunion she's she probably just, just
1: being nice <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, i guess right
1: uh but yeah she's like i don't need to be coached but thank you um and then when she goes back to her dressing room or whatever she's like so upset and she's like i literally was this close to not coming which like that would have been a death knell for her oh
3: oh yeah she would not have been back for sure no um but it's sort of justifiable when you keep in mind that she is grieving the loss of her brother just like olivia was sure I, can Im-
1: I was waiting and waiting for it to come up
3: yeah, I mean, do um, you want to talk about that now? Sure. Um,
1: um, yeah, it's like, so um, they, well, yeah. So Andy first gives condolences to Olivia, um, and he asks about her family. She says her family is not good. Like, they're really, you know, struggling. Yeah. Um, and he sort of, like, spends some time on that. Um, and uh, and then he quickly goes, and... Uh, Taylor, who's like my condolences to you as well, because I know your brother passed. Um, Which I don't know if she said ahead of time that like she really didn't want to talk about it, or maybe she would get too upset. But like they like basically don't talk about it.
3: No, it's um, unless it was edited out. My theory is that they want to save her emotional journey, reckoning with that, for the season, and Mm -hmm. they don't want something that happened post season nine to affect the reunion you know, this, this reunion now and Mm -hmm. let her deal with it next season. But if you do factor that in, you have to give grace to Taylor this entire reunion because she is more in the throes of grieving her brother than even, well, I'm not going to say that, but they like just as much as Olivia. No, it
1: just, it's kind of, it's such a wild, not coincidence, but like it's insane that, that it happened to the other person in the group and so it was just kind of weird that I feel like if you blinked you would have missed it and so like if you didn't follow the news you would have like maybe like barely even yeah
3: I'm giving them I'm giving Andy more credit than maybe he needs by saying that I think he didn't want the the reality of what they're all dealing with at this era in the reunion to be affected by something that takes place in the in the future Because it would just, it would change all of the dynamics that we want to hear about regarding season nine. But you're right that in reality, we should be thinking about that the entire time. Yeah. That Taylor is really suffering through here.
1: Right. And this is where Olivia, they're talking about that um, Jamaica, that trip was two weeks after her brother's funeral. Yeah. And that basically on that trip, everyone except... Taylor and Austin checked on her and not only did Taylor not check on her, she was like talking shit with her brother on FaceTime saying she had no regrets.
3: Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's awful. And a very, very strong moment from Olivia because she talks about how they treated her about like how they're on a merry-go-round with Olivia's emotions and really calling into question, like, are you really that mad at Austin if you're texting her or, or, or him or whatever? And, when you just when she said, you know, I am going through the process of grieving my brother, and no one had grace for me. It just it makes almost all of her actions justifiable. This entire yeah. season, I mean, she's grieving, and she really was a strong, good person throughout this grieving process. She could have almost gotten away with anything, yeah, that she wanted to do this season. She still remained a good person, didn't take this out on anybody, and they didn't have the the grace to check on her in Jamaica. It's just like, to me, it justifies this whirlwind of how she's treating Austin this entire time. Like if that's the worst that Olivia is doing throughout this grieving process, that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. And it's like, you know, she's kind of like, you know what? Like maybe I am like, I can, she said she could see how it looks like she's easier on Austin than Taylor or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe that's true. Like I, I feel like ultimately she kind of just values her friendship with Austin more. Like she's kind of like Taylor, fuck you, you lied to me, I don't trust you anymore, and maybe I just, I just don't trust you now at all. And Austin, I low key have a soft spot for him because I dated him and we have more, we have a better bond.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's for sure that, and also like I, I mean, isn't Taylor what Taylor did to Olivia worse than what Austin did? I think you sort of expect. That Austin would right. do this, I guess, right? Like you give him a I lower... Know.
1: I was thinking, I was like, what's worse to be like betrayed by an ex or a friend? You know, like it's like, what's worse? I don't know.
3: Well, okay. At the start of the season, her and Austin were not good before Olivia knew this. They were yeah. sort of like uh arm's length yeah. and like maybe going to forge a new path for friendship, but they were not doing good. Taylor was actively her good friend right so doesn't that just hit harder So like
1: the lying timeline is like worse for her
3: yeah i think so and um and then there is the the you know camaraderie or whatever it's called with austin that he has gone through this and like you do value someone's opinion that has been uh, in this position with losing a loved one that where i think that that austin could have been a, a huge comfort during that time knowing that he went through this so sure. it's a little bit of that too i mean yeah. i fully understand why she treats taylor worse than austin yeah. just just inherently without even thinking about it i understand why
1: right totally um yeah and they also reveal that olivia has a new boyfriend um that how did she say she met him
3: um they it was were like a it?
1: mutual friend
3: oh i don't i don't i thought it was on that oh i don't know actually i forget
1: <laughs> he lives in dallas and they all went to uh the bahamas together and austin came because apparently i think it was like it was a group that go on trips together it was a big group trip friend group and uh austin and olivia were part of it when they were dating yes and but they all got along together. So now they all still go.
3: Yes. That's, that. that's what it was. Yeah. Um, and then Shep goes, if only there was a private jet vacation in Island that uh, <laughs> Taylor and Olivia shared, I think their friendship would be buttoned up pretty quickly or, or whatever. That's right. how he thinks about relationships yeah. or whatever, which yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Shep's just <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Um, we also uh, failed to mention that um, the rods have joined us. Yes. Rod and Rodrigo. Um, and the first thing Rodrigo says that we were saying was interesting was, um, Andy asked for his take as a man that's in a long-term relationship, um, why he thinks the other men can't seem to get into one. And he said, because Charleston is a college town and a tourist destination. So there's like a revolving door of ne- never ending, like hot young girls coming through that will just hook up with all of them and yes. it will never end and they'll just do it until they die. <laughs>
3: Yeah, and then what I found was more shocking was first of all that was sounded astute, and I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. And then everyone agreed. Shep goes, <laughs> "You hit the nail on the head." Austin goes, "Yes, that is why." <laughs> like, I didn't know that he just like fully officially diagnosed that that is what is going on. Yeah, like it's officially that is what Charleston is known for. I sure. guess.
1: I mean, I feel like uh, the same is true in New York or LA or any other like party city. Oh, you think?
3: I mean, I don't know. I, I don't notice when a new crop of of young people come into L.A. I think Charleston's so small that, like, you know. Well, they're, the- like,
1: they have the benefit of being, like, true hometown heroes. Like, so, like, they get probably so much attention. R- you know right but like, like, so i do that think, people that are visiting know who they are
3: but i do think new people probably stand out a lot more in a small town when the new era rushes in like during tourist season and college season like they must know when they go to the bars sure. actually i do now that i say it about la i do notice when young people get shoveled into los angeles <laughs> if you go to zebulon on a saturday night oh, you see the youngest the people in the crop. world the new crop comes <laughs> out and you Makes get to me see feel old as fuck i know i i yeah it, it's wild if have you ever been to zebulon uh have i if you ever i've been to
1: salazar
3: <laughs> okay you're right if you and ever... i'm always
1: like should we go to zebulon if
3: you ever take a little peek from salazar <laughs> to zebulon you go on a saturday night or a friday night you get to see 23 year olds again and it's shocking oh, when you God. see them out in the wild i don't want to go to places like that i know me neither i only go very rarely just <laughs> to keep my youth but anyway they call charleston on um, temptation island which is um that's on pinocchio right is it Oh, I thought that's where the donkey uh, where the boys turn into uh, donkeys.
1: That Town of Terrors?
3: Yeah, is that that's on Temptation Island?
1: If it is, that's crazy.
3: Oh, okay. Anyway, sorry. I thought that was a, a Pinocchio <laughs> reference and it was like all of the boys of Charleston get to go to that Donkey Island where there's like cigar smoking and betting. Do you remember Pinocchio that island?
1: Yeah, I went on that ride um at Disneyland. <gasps> fairly recently and i forgot how like scary that part is i don't think
3: i've ever been on the pinocchio ride
1: it's like it, you know it's one of those like storybook ones where it's literally just the movie in like wooden cutouts oh like the
3: mr frog and mr toad yeah yeah
1: yeah like it, it's just like you like spin around and then it's like the donkey boys and like him getting like captured in a cage and then then there's a happy ending so it's really end.
3: old yeah okay yeah the toad one is exactly like that it's yeah. just pictures that you're yeah. just going in front of that's how
1: like all the storybook rides are and they always have the longest line
3: i sort of want to watch pinocchio again
1: i think it's so sad
3: oh isn't it ultimately good yeah i want to watch that (laughs) guillermo del toro pinocchio
1: oh yeah did you see that there's there's gonna be another he's making frankenstein and then someone else is making a frankenstein too
3: really yeah wow frankenstein is huge and Um, then there's
1: lisa frankenstein or whatever what's that there's like a Diablo Cody, uh, like teen Frankenstein movie.
3: I think, I think Frankenstein must have just got out in public domain <laughs> and now you can do whatever the hell you want with Mary Shelley's Frankenstein.
1: Maybe we can write that into the script.
3: Frankenstein. How would that fit in? But I would love, I would love to do that. Sandoval Frankenstein. He's Frankenstein? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> let me think about how to wedge that in. Um, but also, oh, I was just going to say one thing. Oh, and Robert Eggers is doing Nosferatu. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> okay, so,
1: wait, so wait, wait, Rodrigo.
3: Wait. Oh, sorry, you no, you go. I was just, I wanted to say Rod for one second. Why yeah. did Rod, we didn't talk about this last week. Why did Rod, who had, I'd say, almost as much presence this season as JT, yeah. get had to be the friend of edit where he only comes in for one oh, part for 30 minutes. That's true. Why was Rod that. not there for two parts? He, GT had more of a storyline, but Rod was there at every single event. That's true. Why did Rod get like this? Cause they knew he wouldn't talk. I guess you're right. I, I just <laughs> felt like we're not going to waste
1: a chair if he's not going to speak the whole time.
3: I get why Rodrigo, only got the 45. Million. I'm
1: surprised he even got to come at all.
3: I know. So what did you think? Can we talk about it now? Yeah. Rodrigo was probably the most shocking thing about this reunion to me just because <laughs> I did not know uh that Rodrigo early on in this reunion, he kind of aligns himself with the Taylor Austin camp,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he like pops off against Olivia because Olivia's talking about, you know, how they hurt her or whatever. I forget exactly what she was saying. And he was sort of like rolling his eyes the whole time she was talking. Huffing and puffing. Huffing and puffing. Blowing
3: uh, air up into his hair so his hair would (laughs) uh, fly up. Yeah. Every exasperated gesture you can do.
1: Yeah. And she's basically, he keeps trying to interject. And Olivia goes, shut up. And he goes, good for you, Olivia. Fuck you.
3: (laughs) He let off a burst of fuck you with so much hatred that it fully brought to mind that story you said that you found of his where he goes, look at this fat bitch next to me who has her socks her shoes off on the plane remember when you said that
1: yeah he i guess has no problem speaking to women uh disparate disparagingly yeah
3: and i was like wow rodrigo now i believe that you did post that story that disappeared that we have no proof of right
1: <laughs> the way i wish i uh took a screenshot <laughs> but i was so hungover. so, so why
3: so rodrigo did not make a huge uh, impression this season. I mean, come on. Definitively, we have to say that, right? Yeah. Objectively, did not have much of a presence. He didn't even go on the Jamaica trip. That is a flop and a half. Yeah. Why did he want to come out, um, like, guns blazing right. with, on the side of Taylor and, and like Austin? was,
1: unhinged. Yeah.
3: Like, I didn't... First of all, they didn't lead us to know that Rod Rigo felt this way, so his take... On everything came out of nowhere. Yeah. Also, how vocal his take was. So, did you think that there was some ulterior motive of aligning with the side that would get him a, the biggest moment? Because no one else is really coming to Taylor's defense. So, like, yeah, it'd be like if Monica was on next season and Whitney aligned herself with Monica, she knows she's going to get a lot of like screen time, right? So, did Rodrigo was he thinking? man, I flopped this uh, You know, this season and they never showed anything that I was doing. I want one last grasp at having some screen time.
1: Yeah, it was giving like, put me up, uh, coach, next season. I'll bring the fire.
3: Yeah, that's what it gave to me. And I think it's only because I have no idea what the hell Rodrigo thinks about anything. And I would have never assumed that he was on Taylor's side, that it came out of nowhere.
1: It really just feels shocking of all people to say, fuck you two, to say it to Olivia. <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of just like, what?
3: Yeah. like Where did that come from? (laughs) You really, you hated Olivia this whole time. I did not know that, you know? It's weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Because I feel
1: like even Taylor's like, even though she's like, I'm like Jesus on the cross. Like, just, you know, take me down. You're never going to forgive me or whatever. I feel like she even still understands why Olivia's mad.
3: Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know why he decided to go that route. Do you think it saved him? Like he's, he's one and done.
1: I don't know. I, I, I didn't, I was kind of surprised they brought him in, in the first place. Um, so I mean, maybe they'll, I'm sure they'll keep him in on the side.
3: I mean, he got a moment. We're talking about him. It's true. He did better than, you know, just sitting there not saying anything. I mean, he did better than Rod.
1: Yeah, I mean, they might still keep him in the mix as just, like, a bonus person to, like, round out the men group, you know?
3: Yeah, when he came came out, he goes, I got a bone to pick with all of you. Why did you let my hair look like absolute shit all season? And I didn't remember his hair looking bad.
1: No, me neither. (laughs) Also, um, I think later, uh, after this whole conversation, Andy fixes Shep's hair lovingly. That was
3: sweet. He curled up the front part so that it didn't flop. Forward on his face.
1: Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if that was based off of that comment. Um, I also liked when Andy was like, after he did that, he goes, I have an idea. Let's talk about Austin more.
3: Right. That was good.
1: <laughs> um, and this is where they bring up that Austin got booed at BravoCon, which we saw firsthand. Yeah. It was at the last day panel, yes, Sunday, when us and the entire cast, I'm sure, felt like absolute shit. Oh. Except for Craig.
3: <laughs> do you remember how we were sitting watching that panel we were like slumped, we were like on a couch like basically just laying down <laughs> listening like just yeah.
1: wasn't it at like 3 p.m it was or the something. last thing we did right yeah For- well so there was the panel which had everybody including patricia um and it was good um I don't remember what the exact comment was. I kind of wish they showed it. He, ma- he made some
3: false equivalents. I was trying to remember this because I remember when he got booed. It was a huge boo. Yeah. 100% boo of the audience. He made some false equivalence about how, I don't know, like compared what he did with Taylor to something that Olivia did, like almost what, what Taylor brought up in part yeah. one. I don't remember specifically. I think it also
1: was something about like them not being together or like not their relationship, yeah. not being that
3: yeah it was it was just a very insensitive comment especially when everybody's riding for olivia he got booed yeah big time
1: like olivia was like shut up and everyone was like yeah yeah um but what they didn't go into i was waiting to see if they would was that um they so that panel happened and then immediately after so all weekend at BravoCon, at any given time, there were photo ops that you could have signed up for at like, say like Friday at 2 p.m., uh, Saturday at 6 p.m., like whatever. And the, the last one of the weekend was Southern Charm. There was options for JT, Taylor, Vanita, Madison, um, Austin, Craig, I think. Yeah. Um, And our friend had one for Austin And so we went right after and he wasn't there Yeah, and Shep was there. And the implication was that Austin was so pissed after getting booed at the panel that he ditched out on the photo op.
3: And didn't want to take photos with fans.
1: Yeah. So Shep stepped in, even though now we know he was blackout. Yes. He still did it. Right. And our friend got a photo with him.
3: Yeah. So Austin had a little <laughs> bit of, like, a rage-filled tirade after that thing. And then Olivia alludes to it. She says, you screamed at me after the BravoCon panel. And someone says he, like, threw crafty at oh, at, at someone. So he was so pissed that he looked like the villain at that at that BravoCon panel that he didn't do any of his BravoCon responsibilities. Also, I don't know if I ever said this, and I don't know if it's revealing too much, but Austin was, like, I don't think he had fun at BravoCon like overall, like when yeah. we saw him on Friday night, he was so happy to have a relief from like fans, even though like we were specifically mm-hmm. talking to him. That I just I don't think he enjoyed his BravoCon experience overall, and yeah. that was probably the icing on the cake.
1: Yeah, no, he seemed exhausted. He was dealing with Shep stuff. Seemed super exhausted by he was that.
3: Tired of photos with fans. Yeah. And this was on Friday.
1: Yeah, um, and then. Yeah, even, like, when we, we were seeing him out late at night, that should have been a party zone. And he just was kind of very, like, sober and, like, quiet.
3: But that was sort of cool of him. He was sort of just, like, <laughs> dancing by himself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, he was cool. A, he literally
1: was, like, sitting at a table by himself. And I kept being like, hey. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. do you want to talk again? Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> we were just basically, like, right next to him, like, whenever
3: he wanted to, like, hang out. You'd be like, we're still here. What do are you m- up to? Do you miss BravoCon? Um, are you are you do you need that time before we get to our I November? will
1: need a full year.
3: Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm already like I'm I could do it.
1: I partied yesterday oh, and oh, I'm right. so tired that I'm like Bravocon would put me under. Oh,
3: I caught you at a bad time. <laughs> yeah. I need to ask you when you're fresh as a daisy.
1: Yeah, I'm already like I didn't do sober January. I did a sober weekend and I think I might do a second sober weekend so that I did a half a sober Jan.
3: Okay, good. I've only had Two drinks in January. Wow. Well, well, uh November first I had more, but that doesn't count because it was before midnight. You, know, sorry, January first, but then, but then, sorry, <laughs> you went then, all the way back. No, to no, no. Bravo no. Oh, Con. I know, I was drunk as hell at BravoCon, <laughs> but no, but only two drinks this month, so I feel that's good, good as hell.
1: Yeah, I need to return to that.
3: Okay. Form. All right, so you're not ready for BravoCon yet. Absolutely not. Okay.
1: Um, and let's see. Um oh jt gets a whole moment he um he says straight up that i feel like he's kind of full of shit i don't know he said he fell in love with taylor last year pretty hard yes and that he's not afraid to admit it
3: i mean fell in love love like i don't he loved taylor during this time she's she was laughing at him with austin like She's clearly still in love with Shep. Like, I don't, I don't, I sort of am having to cast doubt upon JT's assertions here a little bit. Right. He's just so becoming almost a caricature of a Southern gentleman that yeah. I don't know what to believe, uh, you know, from him. I don't even know how, how much to believe that he actually hates Austin. It's right. Su- mm. It's such a posture. Yeah. And, and and he won't let it up. Yeah.
1: I know. Like, that's like Austin was saying. Just because you call yourself a gentleman 38 times doesn't make it true. And JT was saying, like, yeah, I guess I do need to, his words, bifurcate his love for Taylor and his hate for Austin and not have them blur yeah. together. Um but, so. but
3: Austin does say something that I think is true, which is that, hey, JT, we've only seen you for one season. Nobody knows what kind of piece of shit you are. Mm-hmm. and It is so true. JT is setting himself up to mm-hmm. be like the a perfect man, which anyone would falter if that was the, you know, the representation of yourself that you had i know like if if you have them three more seasons we could be like jt is one of the worst people we've <laughs> ever met in our, or, or seen yeah. in our lives i know i was hoping that austin had
1: direct examples i was like lay them out
3: i don't i think anyone under this type of scrutiny is going to flop every once in a while and i don't know why jt would like you're setting yourself up for failure
1: right i did like that here um they You know, they say Austin and JT haven't spoken since that physical altercation. And Andy goes, "Uh, so you haven't apologized? And JT's like, for what? And Andy's like, for getting in his face. And he's like, I didn't. He got in mine. And he's like, you were obviously trying to get him to punch you. Like, right. Come on. Oh God, I almost
3: the mic. Yeah, no, no, see, yeah, see, sorry, keep going, I announced you.
1: And JT's like, I was minding my own business. And everyone basically agrees, like, Shep is like, you forced Austin's hand, Craig says if anyone did that to him, he would knock them out. Um, I'm just like, you, what are you talking about? Like, you can't pretend that you weren't, like, taunting him.
3: I don't know, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I was conflicted by what they were saying. He literally stood on a stool and stood like an inch from his face. Well, at what point? I, I mean, we've been talking about this with, like, Kristen and James. You yeah, could say so this I feel about, like man to man, it's even worse. But you could say this with Candace and Monique. If Andy said that same same thing that he said about JT, that Candace was leveling the worst insults towards Monique and got in her face by, like, yeah. putting stuff in her face. Well,
1: that's what uh, the uh, Kenya and Portia thing. I you do blame Kenya to a certain degree for I know, using that. But uh, I'm saying I prop. don't think that logic tracks. I don't okay. think that logic. You think under no circumstances can you be provoked? Should you be provoked? I
3: thought we were in the full world where absolutely not. Right. No, whoever makes the first move of aggression is in the wrong, no matter how. Like, the insults that are leveled at you, uh, no matter how close they are in your face, I was kind of surprised Andy and Craig all took this position. Sure. They were definitively saying, if JT was in my face like that, I would punch him. It's like... I mean, at least Austin just shoved him away.
1: I feel like if it turned into a whole, like, nasty brawl, it would have been worse. Austin
3: approached JT laughing in his face about what a flop he was and how he had to be on a bar stool to look in his face. JT got more in his face, but Austin pushed him so hard off the bar stool that he could have had his leg tangled in there and flopped on his head. <laughs> True. I'm just saying, I don't, I just don't, I don't really know why Andy uh, justified that. I you, I mean, I don't, he loves I, his boys. Yeah, I know, but I, I'm, am I wrong, am I wrong that that I thought that whoever makes first contact, no matter what, is potentially in the wrong, even True. if a guy is screaming, if JT is jumping up and down in your face screaming you are you are able to punch them in the face?
1: I feel like you took the opposite stance, re-Kristen.
3: Right. It, I, <laughs> I, but no, I felt bad. I, I yeah. feel bad justifying Kristen punching James <laughs> in the face. Yeah. I feel bad knowing that James was doing everything in the world to provoke her. He was calling her the worst names. He was getting up in her face. She was trying to avoid, it, and then she had to punch him. But yeah. I didn't. I don't feel good about honoring that.
1: Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's a a gray area but i feel like yeah like legally speaking probably the the man who throws the first punch is at fault i
3: just think when andy was laughing saying come on admit it you wanted (laughs) to get punched in the face i was like i don't think jt wanted to get punched or pushed by austin i
1: am a little of the logic of like jt needs to like shut up
3: i'm not i'm not i'm not a (laughs) jt defender i was just going to talk more shit about him i'm just saying i didn't this struck me as kind of a, a weird argument to make. Yeah. Cuz really with Candace and Monique, I think that's an okay example. Candace got up in Monique's face, said everything provoking that uh, someone could ever say, yeah. and Monique took it to to violence, yeah. to assault. Yeah. So I'm saying, would you make that same argument in that instance? I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it just I know. I
1: felt like this one since it didn't go very far, yeah. it wasn't as serious like whereas some of those other fights That we've seen before are like scary and like just like, you know, turned into like hair pulling and like. Oh, like really had to be restrained whereas yeah. this one it kind of fizzled
3: I, I just thought it was an odd take I, I i just wanted to make the case for the other side i thought it was sure. an odd take and for usually all of andy's them to... like
1: extremely anti yeah but all, all yes yeah, yeah. I, I don't know yeah i think it was just because it fizzled
3: yeah but can i say that in, in like so now to go uh, antagonistic towards gt and his uh posturing uh, i said this in a tiktok video and patricia commented and said oh. her take on it what she said She said, because I said JT is um, getting one note. Uh And I said that he is presenting himself as a perfect gentleman, which that facade can only break under scrutiny. And she said, I don't disagree with your analysis. Would you consider that one of the newbies was, in quotes, pandering? (gasps) And I said, well, first of all, this is what I thought. I didn't respond to her yet. I don't disagree with your analysis. There's another way to put that. I agree with your analysis, right? (laughs) And then- I guess she's saying, because we know that Whitney hates JT. Yeah. You know, Whitney hates JT. He he was outspoken about it. I think Patricia hates JT (laughs) and accused him of pandering.
1: I mean, he is.
3: Right. He's pandering. Yeah. But isn't it notable that Patricia also (laughs) thinks that?
1: she loves her boys her ogs (laughs) she has
3: such an affinity for austin (laughs) shep and craig and she even said at BravoCon, she was like this show revolves around the boys of charleston and everyone else is just a revolving door around them yes you know
1: yeah who uh someone walked arm i think shep walked arm in arm with miss pat from backstage uh which again knowing he was completely blackout maybe not the best chaperone you know what i don't i don't (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> I don't know if Shep was defi- was uh, was so was a hundred percent at all times. Sure, you know what I mean. I
1: mean, like I said, if so, good. It, I'm impressed, right? Like that's maybe a scary place to be where you can operate that highly. But like I said, I. I was surprised to find that.
3: Me too. I just (laughs) responded to Patricia and said, thanks so much, Patricia. I would love to talk about this in person with you, with my friend Amy, if you'd invite us to your house.
1: (laughs) Can we eat that cake?
3: (laughs) I hope. I'll let you know, you know, what she responds or what she says.
1: Um, But yeah, so it kind of like rounds out with Taylor saying that she'll always have love for Shep. He very kind of intensely was like, I have a lot of love for you too. And Craig was like, I think they'll get married. I feel like Craig is such a romantic. He
3: is. He and just like
1: wants everyone to get married.
3: I, and, I, and I do not think that's true. Yeah. I, I don't think, I, I think Shep is overstating his affection for Taylor at this point. I liked it and I thought it was sweet. Do you think
1: th- it's like him trying to like play at him having regrets?
3: Yeah. It's, it's contrition changed man yeah and give Taylor a, a beautiful loving win in a in a forum where she was you know had a lot of hatred towards her. Yeah. He, he was really good to Taylor the entire time. Um yeah
1: he said um he would be lying if he said he didn't have regrets and basically said kind of that she was the one that got away. Yeah. Um and then it ends kind of like sad of like Austin and Shep maybe not being friends anymore where Austin said that he's been an enabler for too long. And, and he's like, maybe you guys need to like reestablish a relationship where you do non-drinking activities. And Shep is like, well, maybe I need just new friends.
3: Yeah. And
1: I'm like, don't say that.
3: I know, it was sad. I mean, but we we talked about this last week. I mean, we sort of saw that friendless uh, existence that Shep had. I mean, he yeah. was a lonely island, to, yeah. to say a band name. Um, <laughs> he He was... He didn't have a lot of Bravo liberties, uh, you know, there to help him.
1: Yeah. And then Shep gave that crazy speech at the end. Yeah, I loved it. Um, did you write it down?
3: Oh, yeah. I think I did. Yeah. So anyway, Andy goes, well, we did a great job here. Let's not date anybody in the friend group. Everybody agrees. And then sh- and he says, Shep uh, wants to give us a toast, you know, right? Yeah. And they're all wearing foil hats, which is yes. kind of fun. Um, and uh, Shep says, one man was asked do you ever cry and (laughs) I don't think I wrote it down properly
1: It There's is something imp- about an eagle and Yeah, he goes, he goes,
3: one man was asked, do you ever cry? Which I thought, great interview question. I think if you and I ever interview <laughs> someone, that maybe should be the first or last question we ask, because we'll probably get a beautiful poetic response. Yeah. And then whoever answered it said, it is important to use all of the range of emotions, because I have soared with the eagles, and I have slithered with the snakes, and I've been everywhere in between, which, wow. So, <laughs> slithering ground. <laughs> Sky with eagles everywhere in between. And the only guarantee in this life is that there are no guarantees. Life doesn't owe you anything. You're going to fall down. You're going to trip, get knocked down. You're going to get back up. You're going to do something else. (laughs) And you're going to persevere. And you rely on those who love you. So here's to persevering in the face of adversity. And I did love all of the reactions as he was saying it because nobody – was like oh this is lame as hell like this is this is too long or whatever they all had their unique reaction to it and it was it was just sweet that they gave Shep the opportunity to say that full long speech at the end
1: I was like did he write that was it a quote what it was it it
3: was he he revealed on his Instagram stories that it was uh this wrestler I think named macho man Randy Savage (laughs) who was asked if he ever cries and that was his beautiful poetic Response.
1: That's who he was quoting? Yeah,
3: I'm almost positive. I, you might want to fact check me on that, but he says definitively that is who answered that question with, from the question, wow. do you ever cry?
1: Wow. I wonder if Shep saw the Iron Claw.
3: Oh, probably. <laughs> he seems tapped into pop culture. He gave his review of True Detective. You saw that? Yes. He likes it. Yes. Okay, so did you, did you like that speech at the end?
1: <laughs> I was a little surprised that it wasn't a more literary... Like I was waiting for it to be a little more uh, well said. <laughs> oh, you didn't think I,
3: was, I thought it was a, I thought it was I thought it was a poetic speech. I,
1: yeah, I just I feel like I was kind of I was like, where is he going with this? Yeah,
3: I, I, it was a little too long. Like me reading my screenplay at the beginning of this episode, where it's like it allows for people to think and get bored. But I thought ultimately, I thought it was just fun that they gave him the outlet to do that, sure. and it's different. Yeah, like. That is what makes Southern Charm. Southern Charm started with these Tennessee Williams (laughs) references and weird stuff. And I like that he chose a a seemingly lowbrow source to pull something that's beautiful because that is sort of the Southern Charm ethos in a way. The high and the low. Yeah.
1: A little twist.
3: Yeah. So that was... I love that ending. And um, I thought this was an amazing season of Southern Charm. I had so much fun watching this whole season. I think that they should be so proud of what they did. Nine seasons in, you know what Vanderpump Rules was giving? Nine seasons in, people consider that like the biggest flop of all flops, and this yeah. is Southern Charm getting like up among one of the better seasons they've ever had.
1: It's true, it's good. Good. Um. All right, should we do the Beverly Hills Minute?
3: Yeah. <laughs> I um. I, so I was. I, yes. Do yeah. Let's let's tapas and tattletales. Tapas and tapas and tattletales. I was actually a little higher on this episode than you, from what I gleaned from, like your reaction to yeah. it. But I don't think it deserves the scrutiny that the two last things, whatever the hell those were, that we talked about. So let's just give whatever brings us joy from this episode. But I did think overall, because my expectations are so low for this season, that it had a, it had a really funny start once they get into their the spain yeah uh trip i really thought some of the like haunted house stuff was really silly i thought sutton's game was really fun in the sprinter van okay. i liked how m- much of a meal they were making of like the little ghosts walking around okay. like this is the first time in a while where The funny factor was like really high like I was like this is like a nine out of ten on just the humor scale it's like like Garcelle is shining Dorita's shining Mm -hmm. Sutton is like fully redeemed like Sutton was like killing it this episode I thought and so it was like not nearly up to the quality of the best Bravo but I thought it was a little like respite from four very boring episodes
1: Yeah, I know. They were, like, desperate for a real trip, for sure. But it was also, like, since it was the first episode of the trip, they just, like, stayed at the house. So, you know, not that much happened.
3: Right. No, no, no. It was very low level in terms of... What they did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't leave the Airbnb for the entire episode. And then the minute they start to go on their first trip, Crystal gets sick as hell and her veins start popping out. Yeah. So I think, I mean, there's only, you know, if you want to talk about any highlights. I mean, I have a couple points I want to make about the Anna Marie and and Christelle. uh, Or sorry. Christelle, not Christelle, <laughs> not Christelle. It was like
1: Garcelle and Crystal combined. <laughs> yeah, not,
3: yeah, no, sorry, Crystal. I want to talk a little bit about that, but like most of the episode is just kind of like frolicking fun. Yeah, and and sort of the absurdity of like the Beverly Hills aesthetic, like. Sutton having ashes of her former dance boss. Do you
1: think she's obsessed with bringing up this man to prove further that she is a head honcho in the dance world? Like she said at magic Mike.
3: I thought that I thought that she used this trip in a way that I think more cast members should. When you take someone on a trip, you should make it about you if you're pretending this trip is about you. So I felt like she was using this trip as an opportunity to show some un um appreciated facets of her history and i did not remember this dance studio yeah it was
1: it was nice seeing the photos of her because i was like oh she like she herself was a dancer i think i forgot that she
3: sort of had a um i was thinking about this and you can tell me if i'm fully wrong but she sort of had a francis Ha in the 90s um journey because Frances Ha was also at a dance studio who then became like more administrative or whatever. Remember when she starts to work? I don't know if you. Okay. (laughs) I haven't seen it
1: in a while. Okay.
3: Yeah. So anyway, but I was was like, wow, Sutton sort of had, (laughs) I didn't know that she was so entrenched in the dance community. And I like when Erica was like, um, like very Proud and also like ashamed of herself for not knowing this huge aspect of like the dance world, you know, right. when she was like, "Whoa, yeah, Sun had ties." Something
1: to- she is like impressed by. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it felt a little bit. I mean, I guess it was just it felt a little because the fact that that man didn't die recently, it was kind of like I guess. It, because it was because they were going to Spain that she had a tie and that's why she's been his ashes even that, all these years later but
3: even that tie was tenuous because when she said why she was doing it in Barcelona she was like and then I found out that the Merce company did a, one of their first shows in Barcelona and it's right. like okay did you know that before right. and also how long into their run was Barcelona it wasn't their first show right? it's kind think,
1: of a loose tie
3: I think she's had these ashes sitting around in a Ziploc bag for a while and she thought this would be a good opportunity to talk about this story and release his ashes and I I think I feel certain that she only had maybe some pieces of his arm or just like a little (laughs) bit of his that wasn't his full body so she is okay it's not dishonorable to do what she did because I think 95% of his ashes probably went somewhere else right she got a piece
1: right they also showed a photo of him from what year was it like 1999 or something and i hate to say it but he already looked like he was in the crypt (laughs) (laughs) so i was like how old was this guy
3: well he he it made sense to me that picture added more um reality to this scenario he was he looked 97 years old when sutton was 30 she was
1: like She was like, he's one of like the closest people in my life. We really had a hoot. And then they like show the photo and he's like,
3: (laughs) (laughs) I had to suspension of disbelief. I had to believe there was 10 good years before she got to that point where she took a photo with him. Um, Yeah, but I do. I do think Sutton was bordering on the offensive in the realm of homeless, not toothless but also, I know that she cares more about this person. She was just adding some lev- levity because she knows this is a silly situation. But right. I do think Sutton actually has gravity when she's thinking about this. And this real, this person really did into it. But it's like the homeless, not toothless, where it's like let's add a little bit of the silliness to what, what is going on here. Yeah, you know, like when Sonya, gave, you know, threw the ashes for a <laughs> dog funeral. It's like yeah. this is silly, but it's it's horrible It's yeah. sad.
1: I think she's gonna have a emotional moment next episode too, and is crying. I, so I like think maybe. it's going
3: to mean more to her than the edit showed. Yeah, of this being something f- silly for sure. Um, what, what, what did you think about just to go you know forward and zip along, and you can just say whatever you want to like stop at, but like the fact that Erica won the Sutton game. I know. I, I was like, Erica. Erica is to me. She's not like. She doesn't have the best storyline if she's not in the worst legal trouble in the world, but I do think she is one of the most valuable utility players. Where I, you know, um, I do enjoy Erica's presence within the group. I think she offers a lot. She can be powerful as hell yeah. when she's pissed. She can she doesn't care about anybody. Yeah, like so. Even though she's not the most entertaining and she can never be the face of Beverly Hills, I don't wanna see an Erica Liss Beverly Hills. I yeah. think she still has a lot of merit. And she had a lot of merit this episode.
1: Yeah. She uh, yeah knew all of the Sutton trivia and Garcelle did not And I was like, Who's your friend now?
3: I think that just showed that Garcelle barely listens to Sutton. We saw how Sutton and Garcelle behave when Sutton was zipping around their hotel room in Vegas just talking <laughs> about reading books on tantric sex and like <laughs> saying, I need the blinds closed to sleep. It's like Sutton probably talks about so much shit and Garcelle just doesn't listen to yeah, half she's like, of anyway. it. Anyway. But the fact is, she didn't know her dad's name or her cat's name right. or her middle child's name.
1: I love that her cat is named prince yeah like p-r-i-n-t-s not prince
3: i knew you would like i knew you would like that when i was watching it
1: um but yeah so then they go to this castle or whatever that they say is haunted and erica's like i knew it i can smell spirits yeah which Um, i'm like did we know that before i know she had said before she knew about her past lives and that she was a little boy on a ship to spain in like the 10th century or something like that why didn't
3: she bring that up when now that she's in spain she should have i think she will next week (laughs) um i believe erica can smell ghosts if anyone (laughs) could in the world i believe that second sense erica has it i really do
1: yeah, um, so they were talking about the little people and a little turtle cutie gave us um, the tea that in uh, Spain and Mexico, um, they believe in these little, they call them duendes or uh, according to wiki, uh, duendecitos. And they're like little like sort of like gnomes that like steal your socks and hide things from you. Like they're kind of like, hee <laughs> hee Oh, and are, are they ghosts? I didn't read the wiki. I think they're, like, little, like, goblins. You called them duendas? Uh, Yeah, duendes.
3: Duendes? Oh, wow. Okay. So, they were sort of right in questioning whether these are corporal or if they are (laughs) from the afterlife.
1: Right. Yeah, it looks like there's a Francisco Goya drawing called Duendecitos.
3: Do you mind if I peek at it?
1: (laughs) Sure. He's kind of scary. So, they...
3: Okay, I will say if I was sleeping in my Airbnb in Barcelona and I saw that Duwinda come into my room and giggle and steal my socks, he kind of would... looks
1: like the Leprechaun, like from those movies.
3: Yeah, for a visual reference, um, he looks that Duwinda looks exactly like Leprechaun from the Leprechaun. The Horror. one that's
1: like a friend with weed is a friend indeed. Uh, that's from Leprechaun in the Hood. Oh, one really? Of the sequels.
3: Oh, I've never seen that.
1: It's fun. I did
3: think it was it was interesting because Garcelle was, I think, legitimately scared. You know of the um what's it what's it called all the extra uh, paranormal. Yeah. Right? Paranormal. But it was like wild that she was like scared at night and she was like walking to Sutton's bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like there was a room like with a door that just had like a crib in it. Like an old... I know. It's like, that was a scary that house. That was creepy.
1: Yeah. was like, I'm Haitian. We don't fuck around with this stuff. And uh, I think they were all a little scared because at one point a cameraman just enters uh, Dorit's room and she screams. That's the second
3: time Dorit has been scared by a camera person. Uh, so
1: her PTSD is real. But
3: also there was all those like little doors, like e- like even picture frames or. Were like doors, and there were sort of like Willy Wonka like rooms that like went um, tighter as you yeah. walked into it, like different perspective rooms. I was
1: thinking about how they all, when they got their rooms, there was like no complaints. Everyone was like, "Not a bad room in the house. Love it, great." And since I've been watching Roni, I'm like, Ramona would have been like, "This is a hovel. Get me out of here. This is haunted. I'm getting a hotel." You wouldn't
3: have even seen Ramona step foot in that thing. <laughs> she would already be on the plane back, and they'd be showing her iPhone footage of her going back to New York. Um, Yeah, everyone was a good sport. I think they were, I think they knew that this uh, house was built in 700. Right. And so they were just, you know, they were accommodating. Right. It was also sponsored by uh, Airbnb, which is the first time I've ever seen them note specifically. Because they talked about the Airbnb host. And they even called it in the title card or whatever that is, the lower third, they said Airbnb in Barcelona. Um, So they were really touting that you can get this kind of haunted, fun, do doing Duencita, Duencita <laughs> experience from airbnb in spain right.
1: yeah I've, i'm in the roni era where they're really pushing that um concierge like blowout and makeup service priv and like every episode they're like you can get like your hair done at oh. the top of a button okay
3: yeah um i i just watched um Uh, the Berkshires the first time they ever Mm. go when Ramona goes into the woods and says this reminds me of my backyard at home and she starts doing mud pies it was so fun (laughs) I forgot just how amazing that that run of episodes is so good
1: um okay so yeah this is where Crystal and well Anna Marie gets into it with everyone she's like she's like I just want to bring something up you know this was
3: this was this was when I felt like it was a full record scratch where I'm like the newbie doesn't know how to hang yeah and they were all having fun like can we have fun sometimes yeah. i th- Be- beverly hills could have had a full episode of fun and it would have been fine they're having so much fun with that storm guy that everyone have. thinks is so hot and carcel is like i want to tag team that guy <laughs> and erica was like okay you fuck him first and i'll fuck <laughs> him after i was like wow yeah like, they were so attracted to storm yeah and i was like Great. And he's giving out salmon and they're all making like orgasmic (laughs) noises at his food or whatever. And I was like, no, Anne-Marie, no. Yeah.
1: Please don't. Yeah. She's like, we have some things we need to button up. And it
3: sucked. It it, Like, it sucked. It's so... I have to learn another word for ham fisted or yeah. whatever, but it's a uh, came out of nowhere, and they should have all just been like Anna Marie. No, not right now. Please, yeah. <laughs> like, can we just finish? Like, they should have just shut it down. Yeah, like, yeah. She
1: just brings up. She's like, so, um, actually, uh, <laughs> like, well, first they talk about. That, you know, she called Sutton, like, lonely and desperate or whatever, and that offended Garcelle also as a single woman, and then she did a half-assed apology where she's like, sorry that offended you or whatever. Horrible. Yeah, it was like a shitty apology. Well, she
3: she apologized for esophagus. Then when she learned she said another thing that's horrible that they were all aggrieved by, then she didn't have her good apology ready. So then she did the, like, uh, passive-aggressive shitty one. Like, sorry if that made you feel that way. Right. I didn't even mean... And she got really, like, mean all of a sudden when she was called out on a new horrible thing she said. Right. Which, it's like, I I don't know. She's very bad at navigating how to handle these situations. Cause she's a first time <laughs> cast member. And also I think she's acting.
1: Right. And then I think Crystal says something and she's like, I'll deal with you in a minute. And then she's like, she brings up that when she first met Crystal in like twenty twenty two or whatever, that Crystal said the group was shallow and uneducated. Yes. And uh Sutton's like, Well, I'm educated, so like whatever, like not about She wasn't talking about me. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all like, We're all educated, bitch. Fuck you. Um and uh then in her uh they're all start starting to hypothesize like well, that does sound like something she would say. She's kind of, and then they did a montage of Crystal talking down to everyone, yes.
3: defining words. I, I think, even though Sutton said she clearly couldn't have been talking about me, they all think Crystal said this. Even Garcelle, her yeah. ally, they all believe Crystal said this. And yeah. when Crystal's giving her defense, she's going, That's ridiculous. And I <laughs> Come thought, Come on. She was lies. I was like, "Are you doing the Michael Jackson defense right now?" She all she did in her defense was go, "That's ridiculous."
1: And then they showed a clip from twenty twenty of her saying that this group is not the most highly educated.
3: I, I like, I, I'm sure Crystal is smart, but I, I don't. I mean, well, whatever. I'm not gonna like. I'm. I, I, you're not like far and away so much like a genius compared to younger
1: so it's like extra annoying when a younger person then why is her
3: tagline I know I'm getting older (laughs) and normally people get smarter but I'm the exact opposite (laughs) right (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, first of all i just why is crystal being smart that is not a facet of crystal that i think is the audience knows about her right she's not, I, I, it's like if she was a genius i'd right. be like whoa crystal really is so smart compared to all these other cast members but it's not that remarkably to erica's smart right sutton's smart
1: yeah well that's like so then duri in her confessional is like um she's like while you were busy being a child bride, the rest of us were building businesses and like doing what we need to do or whatever. And then this is what uh, Crystal posted on Instagram like yesterday that it was like her and Rob's wedding photo because production did sort of throw her under yeah. the bus and show their wedding photo. And it was like Crystal twenty four, oh, th- Rob forty five. Oh, I thought it was
3: I thought it was validation. I thought it was forty and twenty four because I thought she was younger when she got married.
1: To me, that's such child bride. But forty guess- and twenty four. Getting married at 24 in L.A. is like wild. That's
3: like fresh out of college. Okay. All right. Well, I I thought when Dorit said child bride, I was like, damn. I was like, did Crystal get married at 18 or 19? (laughs) Yeah. I guess. I I don't know. I took it as Probably most
1: Americans would agree with you. I'm like, to me, like a 30-year-old is a child bride. (laughs) Was he
3: 40 and she was 24?
1: I think he was older oh okay. i think it was like 45 or something okay
3: like all right there's a there's a disparity there um, but i don't i don't know if it warranted child bride i
1: think- sure i mean that was like obviously a dig but like yeah. uh so then but, uh, crystal posted that same photo on instagram and was like i think it's their anniversary or something she was like uh she was like keys to a good marriage and it was like all of these things of like communication blah 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 respect and it was like and buying not borrowing a diamond necklace
3: wow um yeah with crystal (laughs) blue yeah 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 for for me with crystal my my just my high level thoughts are it's too little too late yeah all of this too little too late and i feel like the only reason crystal is getting um some uh storylines now or, or like attention it's because anna marie specifically knows that crystal is the weakest link in this group and that is a great person to go after that's why she goes i'm shutting down esophagus gate and i'm focused on crystal now
1: <laughs> so you agree with her when she was like uh i would love a thank you for giving you something to talk about and making you relevant
3: i agree completely <laughs> but it was a bad move for anna marie to specifically say it because it invites uh uh like um it invites people to know that you really are being strategic with everything you're doing. She should have just, uh, I don't know, said that in some other way sure. or not specifically said why she's doing these things.
1: I like during the argument sentence, like, don't make the little people come out.
3: I know. I like that too. And that, that got everybody <laughs> laughing and got um, this Crystal and Anna Marie fight over with. Right. Um, but do you agree with me that Anna Marie is coming for Crystal's spot? That's like the way to read it, right? Yeah.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I hope that's not true i hope crystal is scrapped and i hope Anne marie is scrapped and they come up with someone that is just truly entertaining of their own merit
3: how hard is it to find talented people in beverly hills to be cast members on beverly hills
1: i think it's hard
3: Okay. I mean, of all places to, I mean, well, I guess we saw with Roni that it is hard. Yeah. Season 14 of Roni, but um, you know what? They are actively casting Beverly Hills now. They are. They're, yes. And if uh, predictions, you just said it. I agree completely. Anna Marie is not coming back. Yeah. We'll see how she does at the reunion, but I would say there's a 10% chance she comes back. And Crystal, I would give like a 30% chance she comes back. Yeah, I think for the most part, Beverly Hills is going to get shuffled a little bit. Yeah, but I say I think I say Dorit Erica have to remain mm-hmm. and Garcelle. Mm-hmm. Do you think Garcelle has to remain? Yeah, um,
1: I just I don't I think they need to. I think Garcelle maybe needs. I know she's allies with Sutton. I guess I just I feel like she needs someone better to play off of.
3: I loved Garcelle this episode because Garcelle is. So is actually so funny and yeah. actually her and Sutton are good friends. I can just tell with their camaraderie. It's like when Dorit and Kyle hang out, they have a yeah, fun
1: Garcel's so much better when she's having a good time. So
3: I want, I know, I know. I, that's why I said, that's why I, I thought, I think we've said this before, but like Garcelle is so entertaining on her own that she does not really need fabricated storylines to justify herself. Yeah. She could just like sit back and just be an integral part of the group just being fun and being herself. Yeah. I think with two, with Anne-Marie and Crystal gone, you bring in maybe three more cast members and then keep Kyle, Dorit, Garcelle, and Sutton. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that a lot? But then have the three new cast members navigate their way through, separate the strong from the weak, and then you got you possibly have a great cast for the season after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll have to see. Um yeah, and I think this next thing was a little bit of a flop. Erica thought she had a slam dunk on her hands and brings up that she won her appeal for her $750,000 earrings because the court determined that they couldn't exactly prove what money them whether it was from the victims or not and i'm like that's not really a win the appeal is just that you're they're gonna look into it again because the proof isn't in the pudding um but the f- fact remains
3: i'm sorry i have to <laughs> diverge in the road less traveled i felt bad for erica I felt bad. I mean,
1: I get what she's saying. Obviously, like the minutiae of her court case, that's important for her. And like, you know, she'll maybe get money back or whatever. But that doesn't translate PR wise to the public.
3: I've said this before. Erica is not concerned with the PR aspect of this thing. She's focused on legally what is true and what can be justified. And the fact that Crystal and Garcelle were so outspoken about when they had no facts and they thought they were reading variety articles with, you know, undisclosed sources and They had no clue. They were very vocal about um, trying to get to every single aspect and making Erica look like she was complicit in stealing money. And then when she gets a legal win in the legal court, like I don't, I don't, I can't parse that language. All I know is it's not a
1: win; it's an appeal.
3: Okay, well, we don't (laughs) know where that story is going to end up. But people accused her of stealing money from from orphans or whatever. Yeah, I just
1: think it's like the thing is, is like. It's kind of like minutia. It's not minutia to her because she's the defendant or whatever. but like to the wider public, it's like that's not really the point. The point is that his estate benefited from his stealing, and it was all whether the account wire transfer that paid for those exact earrings was exactly the money it still bolstered their entire lifestyle but it's
3: a small fraction of the overall legal case against erica she's only bringing it up because that specifically was used as evidence against her the earring specifically that's just a small fraction of what erica is trying to get the public to to Come to terms with sure, that she is but not. It,
1: it didn't work. No one gives a fuck. ourselves like you
3: still should give him back. But that that to me is is not right. If you were so outspoken and 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 wanted to know every detail about it and had firm opinions on if Erica did this or not or or whatever, why would you not care that legally
1: but it's whether it was the victim's money or not that Erica say wasn't a party to any of it, but she received a gift. Her innocence is the same it's just a matter of whether she's owed those earrings in the tax or like the you know what they took away from her okay
3: yeah I I guess it falls and like it it, it's determined by if you think Erica was actually complicit in what Tom did right no because because
1: it's like it doesn't matter it's like it's literally just brass tacks of did the money that paid for those earrings come directly from victims or not
3: Yes, and so there's no evidence that it did. But you're saying, even though there is no evidence... In a
1: legal sense, that matters. In a public sense, and what her life was, it doesn't matter. That's kind of an irrelevant detail. If someone became wealthy scamming people, say, okay, like someone's a scammer.
3: Let's just say, let's say Jen Shaw.
1: Sure. Say she had made... $10 $10 million from scamming the elderly, but she made $2 million from doing wait, housewives wait. bullshit, whatever. No,
3: and then I was an assistant, or you were an assistant to Jen Shaw. She gave us a bunch of gifts of Regal Cinema's coupons yeah. for $100 each, yeah. and we would get paid in those as a weekly bonus. <laughs> and then the court asked... Did you scam the elderly that Did she scam use money scam the elderly LLC I would say, credit card? I would say I have no fucking clue where <laughs> Jenshaw gate got this Regal Cinemas gift card. Sure. But I got it as a bonus from working with her. And I'm sorry if some elderly person's money went to my Regal Cinemas gift card, but I think I deserve it because I had no fucking clue where she got this money, and I need this Regal Cinemas gift card. To watch movies like Holdovers. She needs
4: her
1: $750,000 diamond earrings.
3: You will, people will say she's rich enough. And I think there's merit to that. But also think about the decline in assets that she's had since not being with Tom Girardi and what she's left with nothing. When no, I get it, reason- but I think
1: the point is when a scammer buys you gifts, you might not get to keep those gifts.
3: But what if they determined legally that Jenshaw used her own money, $200 of her own Wells Fargo but account? But his
1: entire estate is in question because, and he's negative. His estate is negative because he owes so much money to the people that he scammed.
3: Okay, I'm, I am know for a fact <laughs> that no one will be on my side for this. And I am only, I'm being slightly devil's advocate. I felt I bad understand for Erica. I
1: her needing wanting that justice and wanting to keep those earrings and wanting needing the money and whatever but to bring it up as a win to the group thinking that they were going to be like whoa we were wrong that's amazing for you congrats you
3: wouldn't want that if we went to dinner with our friends and we said we got to keep our regal cinemas <laughs> gift cards that we got as a bonus for doing good work for Jin Shah, that our friends wouldn't be happy
1: for us I mean, they have like they have like elder blood on the (laughs) coupons. Here's what I'll say. There's a little stain there, but you can still scan the barcode.
3: I I say horrible shit, and I'll admit when I'm wrong. If I am isolated on an island and everybody hates this, um, let me know, and I'm sorry to defend Erica. I felt a little bad that no one was rallying around her when I thought she kind of had a win. You're saying it's not a win. I understand. If you do agree with me, though, I want to create a hashtag that will not get you in trouble. So do hashtag regal gift card (laughs) if you think at all there's any merit to what I'm saying. And- I'll assume that no one else gives any merit to what I'm saying. But I want to say one last thing. Erica married Tom Girardi because she thought she would get half of his money when he kicked the bucket. Mm -hmm. And now she gets only $750,000 in earrings.
1: (laughs) I mean, the thing is, what I'm saying is I understand on the low between you and your lawyers, (laughs) you're going to say, like, get me what you can, right? Right. Right. But, like, you don't need to say that out loud when there's, like, people that were, like, burned alive and, like, got nothing.
3: I don't know the facts of that. I don't know <laughs> that the Alaskan Airlines Boeing jet that crashed and plummeted, that they, they didn't get any money. I don't know that those facts I only know what is brought to me through the realm of Beverly Hills and I know that those earrings were brought up in the context of Beverly Hills and Erica tried to deflate what was talked about last season to the people that brought it up Crystal especially she got nothing from them and I think it's I think that
1: I think that the the Garcelle and the other take was that she should be truly charitable and Basically, they're saying you should dissolve the value of those earrings and give it to these people, which I think is an oversimplification because it's like, I don't think that's how it would work. I think like the government would absolve that money or like it wouldn't be like as clean as just like break your crown into a million pieces and toss it back to the people that were hurt by your husband. Right. Like that's an oversimplification, I think. And it's like what she was trying to say was like, that's not how it works. We have to deal with this in court. And I understand why she wants, like, clarity on that. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, we're past that. Actually, we you, you're you being reaccepted, and you shouldn't bring this up at all.
3: Well, I I have to just agree to disagree in the effort of time. We've never had, I think, 10 minutes where we just debated one <laughs> thing, which I liked it. And I'm probably wrong as hell. Everyone will be on the other side, and I totally understand. Yeah. I just wanted to allow for some nuance in Erica's sure. story. And you're right that if she was being more strategic, she would just never talk about this again. Yeah. But I think because it was so a part of her story, she wa- she thought she could maybe get that win from her cast members, and they are more happy being on the side of what they originally thought and don't want to give her that. And anyway, we, yeah. we said all we have to say. Then Basically, Cr-
1: we just have to find out next week if Crystal survives this car ride. Yeah, I was
3: just going to say, Crystal gets sick on the way up and starts to barf, and she has her veins poking <laughs> out, and that's a cliffhanger.
1: Totally. Can I tell you something?
3: What a a last-minute piss!
1: I think if we only do one more minute, we're done.
3: We're done. No, no, no. yeah, we're gonna. No, we're gonna end this in an hour. We're gonna. uh, You know what? I I could piss too. Um, I really gotta go. No, really. So should I not even? Do you have thirty seconds in you? Or
1: Or what if you do the preamble while I pee? Yeah, we've done done that that before. before. I'll go as fast as I can. We'll We'll time it.
3: Okay, wait, first of all, three three pisses. Of, wait, hold on. Let me time it. Hold on one second. I know you have to piss so bad. Hold on one second. Let me time it. Let me time it. Okay, starting now. Now? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Oh, wait. I put a seven-minute timer on. Hold on one second. Hold on one second. Okay, going now. Going now. now. Start Start pissing. Yep. Okay. Oh, oh, sorry. So I have to talk. Um. Anyway, so I want to say, um, disclaimer, I was being a devil's advocate for Erica, and I do not believe anything I said, and if you're offended, just... Please pretend I never said that. I was just being, you know, that concept of devil's advocate. Um, but anyway, I hope you loved this episode of Turtle Time. I've never had to talk alone um, on the mic, you know, and not have Amy's input. But I hope you like this episode of Turtle Time. I think we did good here today, better than I expected. Um, the news was topical, but there was also some Hollywood um like flare and then I fe- really feel like we got to the right ra- re- <laughs> 52 seconds
1: wow so, I thought it could be faster I know, than I that you should I thought it would be at least 30 oh,
3: seconds oh I was dying on the mic that was <laughs> what that did was, you say oh I said I don't don't believe anything I said about Erica I said we did a good job I was rambling I Let's... peed
1: for longer than I thought I really had to go
3: that was a yeah that was a minute I mean 52 seconds a turtle piss minute we're God, we're killing it! If we were, if our quality was rated in how many pisses we take, yeah, this is like
1: we need Paul Giamatti to win that Oscar so that we can redefine it as the Paul Giamatti piss break.
3: Do you want to? Yeah, okay. I if think he... he will win. I think so too. Yeah, I, I think it's really looking good for Paul Giamatti. And we, oh, let's let's just say the the shit that if he got this far, what we want to, yeah. um, l- let's say, Amy and I promote this shit all the time, but it's worth saying at the end of it. I think, first of all, I'm in a sort of review mode where I love those uh, glowing reviews that yeah. we get on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you enjoyed this and it was your first time, please let me let us know what you liked about it to the review board of Apple. And, um, you know, wh- what am I trying to say? Give us a good review. <laughs> Rate and review. If you uh, liked it.
1: Yeah. Tell us, do you like when we pee three times or should we try to only pee one time?
3: Or, yeah, or do you prefer the two piss break method um yeah let us know and then we take we say this all the time but you know patreon there is this world a, a full community of villa rosa vips where amy and i recap vanderpump rules and we're really I, starting to you know it's its own universe in the we're shed almost a season four almost a season four and i think it is fun i don't know who's gonna like go back into the archives and listen to everything. But I do think it's a fun community and it's like an hour episode each week of two people who know Vanderpump Rules like the back of their goddamn hands. And we're watching this with this new light and I think it's good. So that's the two things I'm going to promote.
1: Yep. Um, no, I, I love our Patreon. Good. You do? <laughs> I love the community. I the love comments. the comments. Yeah.
3: We've, we've got some good Villa Rosa VIPs and I love that our Villa Rosa VIPs even comment on main feed episodes when we post this on YouTube and they just say what they're thinking about everything. Yeah. And we'll see how many Villa Rosa VIPs we still have once my Erica Jane um, (laughs) take comes out.
1: Yeah. I hope we don't get canceled, but you know, we had to go back and forth.
3: We have a good disclaimer. If we ever say anything offensive or horrible, we don't mean it and we take it back and we'll never (laughs) do it again. It's kind of, we don't remember what we say, so you can't cancel. Well, you can cancel us, but I
1: already forgot what we said.
3: There is no either. Yeah, there, I have no memory of what we said. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we love you so much. Go to sleep three hours and four minutes. That's the perfect. That's the turtle time way. Right?
1: <laughs> average.
3: Yeah, that's average. We love you so much. And then I'm going to piss off Mike. Love it. All right. Good Bye. night.
4: Bye. This one's for you tonight.
2: Selling a little or a lot?